That's how I feel personally. I feel a little bit better about it after being able to digest it. And maybe because I gave it a little bit of a breather because I was so worn out. Well, you have to adjust. So you have to adjust your expectations. Well, I kind of dozed off a little, so I rewatched the (laughs) episode eighteen the next day, and so I don't know. I already sort of knew that things were real loose, but I thought you know my expectations weren't set watching it a second time, so I could just sort of watch it and digest. Um, Listeners, we are Laura Palmer's dead at Twin Peaks podcast. If you didn't intend to tune into that, that's where you are. And I'm here with the crew, Pat and Nate and Melissa, and we're talking about the finale, parts 17 and 18. We're going to start out with part 17, just getting some general feels of the day. You just heard kind of Nate's feelings on the whole thing. Um, Melissa, where's your head at? Almost, it's been twenty over twenty four hours since Twin Peaks is over now. It's true, and I, as Nate, my expectations were too high, and I always know going into anything if my expectations are too high, I'm gonna be fucking disappointed. <laughs> and like, yeah, there was good things. There's little bits that I really enjoyed of how it ended, but then it was also a lot of. This isn't what I need to conclude to wrap everything <laughs> up for me. Unless you're going to make some kind of weird fire walk with me sequel movie in like a month right. and a half. Because I can't... Because things that... Even when you listen to our bonus episodes about what to expect, you will also see that no one expected anything yeah. to happen. Yeah, it's a roller coaster and... So part 17 is, the description is the past dictates the future, and that speaks to all my feelings thus far, because in the past when Twin Peaks finished, not not that I was around for like when it actually finished live, but like when I finished watching Twin Peaks, I had a lot of disappointment and a lot of like unresolved issues, but you know, going back weeks later and watching it as a whole, I was like, okay, this is good. This was telling a story. This was going somewhere. So I should have known from that past that David Lynch is not about giving us answers. He's about bringing in new questions. And I shouldn't have expected this kind of like neat and tidy ending. And so um, in that sense, I'm starting to soften to it. But at first I have to admit I was a little bit... <clears throat> I think if they just had an Audrey scene, you wouldn't have. It's not been just a... about Audrey. No, but they wrapped okay, up but what because else, they. What were... else would? I feel like they wrapped up like Ed and Norma. They gave that a exactly. Little thing. They wrapped up Dougie. Yeah. Oh, that's done with. They wrapped yeah, up he's... Evil Coop. You don't get everything though. Is right. What he's saying, you don't like... get everything wrapped up. Oh, but what about some of this other stuff where you went on these tangents? And why then? Why was I wasting my time with that? I think another big wrap-up for me that I wanted was the tie to this big picture that I was seeing as people in the town are freaking out for no reason. There's this heightened sense of something's happening. Mm -hmm. So was that all just Laura Palmer? I mean, I I think it was the... uh, The Jew Day, Jow Day released into the world. Right. Yeah, so it could be, it could be. Definitely the, the lack of Audrey was a pretty devastating blow. But, you know, there were other things that just, 
what was kind of frustrating is that I I feel like you could have watched parts one and two and parts 17 and 18 and had a full story. It was almost like all the episodes in between didn't need to happen. It was all kind of this framing Laura Palmer story, which is fair. But we got invested in all these other plots in the meantime. Right. And I feel like the Judy thing where they start mentioning it probably the last five episodes and then they just shove it down our throat this one where it's like this is what jude is and this is what it is and then in 18 you'll see like oh weird this is judy and like i feel like it was forced on me a lot more than some of the other plot lines and the theories and all that other stuff right that was building gradually throughout the series if you would have taken out all of the judy stuff um, it would have sort of been a satisfying conclusion. Seventeen would have because you're right. right. The story arc kind of starts with Killer yeah. Bob, right? Even though you yeah. don't really know it, and and that right. entity right. is defeated right at the end. Well, um, I, yeah, eighteen is kind of denouement. Well, I actually think to go along with your what you're saying, Nate. Yeah, if you had ended all of Twin Peaks with the scene of Pete walking down past where Laura's body would have been and it's not there and he goes fishing and that's the end and the insinuation being that like so none of that ended up happening Um, that would have been a really interesting way to make it all tie together and make sense and then we wouldn't need to see Audrey because we would know Audrey is putting on her shoes to get into the limo to go to school (laughs) like we wouldn't need to... So, I mean, that would be one... And I agree with what you said, Melissa, with Judy. We've got Dugpas and Bob and Tulpas and Doppelgangers. And, like, <laughs> I know that it's cool to make a mythology and that's really neat to give it layers. But sometimes it's more simple as an audience to have this is good and this is evil. The The story of, like, evil Coop versus good Coop was a really easy to resonate with story. And then it's, like... Bob and different degrees of demons and understanding where they all fall in the demon hierarchy is right. just like mm. I that isn't what gives me joy in a story. Right. I could understand like if you're really into complicated stories with like a deep mythos like like we've said you know when I watch the X-Files it's not about black oil and it's about right. Mulder and Scully and when will they kiss so like that's just what I'm into in stories and I get and it. And I'm the same way. So I prefer the relationship part more than anything where if I read like a fantasy novel or anything where it's this different world and then they go into a long explanation of everything, I'm like, this is boring. Right. Just get to the relationships. Like, how are their friends doing? Right. And I do like, you've mentioned, Nate, like having a set of rules that you kind of follow. So like vampires is are an easy example or zombies like are you the type of zombies who can run real fast or are you the type of zombies who are just like sluggish or are you the zombies who have to be killed in the brain like we know the the different rules right. of that zombie what's the character. rules of the ring the rocks and the pockets right. Right. like the rule ha- with the I mean, ring yeah there are rules the no, ring has peace. some rules yeah it does and yes and then you've got so, the seed right, right with the hair and well, we don't know um, how the seeds are actually made, but they could be made by the giants, and then Bob or like the one-armed man just has it. Um, I 
feel like the one-armed man is just um, like the main guy, like the main MC of the Red Room. Like he did become that for the, yeah. the return. He did, but uh, yeah, right. if if you wear the ring when you die, that sends you back to the right. black, the lodge black lodge, lodge. Yeah, right? Yeah, right. So that's well, that and, rule. And I don't think that. I think there are rules, and I think David Lynch could write a book that would, like, adequately explain all these different degrees of demons and characters and what the dirt means and what's Jackrabbit's Palace versus the Sycamore Trees. What I always liked the most about Twin Peaks was, like, the element of mystery, you know, the slight element of, like, there's something strange in these woods and we just don't know what it, what it is. So maybe it's almost, maybe exactly, I feel like yeah. it's over-explained, if anything, and then I liked the idea of, like, that, you know, you, you throw in all these supernatural elements and all this drama, but at the end of the day, it's still about relationships and people. And, and right. so that's why the double R is so important and, like, Shelley right. and Norma are important and those characters because it's about these, you know, people. And, and we lost some of that a little bit with all the stuff, just, like, so, so much mythology stuff that happens in 1718. But some great stuff in 17, too, especially. Like, some really good great. stuff. On the other hand, too, <laughs> I suppose that there are people who are into Twin Peaks for the bizarre, surreal. Oh, my God, And yes. if they had left, really. it's a hard balance to strike. Um, right. I mean, this one definitely lended itself more towards that crew. Yeah, and, and the same, yeah. like, cult following of Firewalk with me, you know, very surreal. Right. Not extremely linear. Surreal. Like I love the scenes in the Black Lodge um, in the finale with Sycamore Tree, where there's like a singer and it's noir and like little oddities, like the coffee pours too slow in one second, then it pours fast in another, Mm -hmm. and like things are slightly out of place. I think this the element of CG added some like phoniness to me in some places, like things shriveling up and turning into things and. Like, yeah. when it was more the manufactured Hollywood look, maybe that, to me, was more the kind of surreal I like. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily great special effects, so right. I think he was purposely keeping it pretty basic. That's yeah. what I thought, a little um, as well. Yeah, so let's just dive in with uh, Buckhorn. So, um, we're reeling from the experiences of Diane having just been shot or whooshed up into air, and... Gordon saying that he couldn't do it, but somehow they're all drinking red wine, and Tammy is super happy. She's trying to act really hard in the scene. Oh, God, she's such the, she's yeah. the worst. And then, <laughs> and then we get to learn about, you know, what works Jody. and what doesn't work. Yeah. Right? yeah, we get the whole story from Cole, and I... Just word vomiting. But before that, Cole does have to let them know that his dick still works. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's I feel like that's what she was trying to be like. I'm going to be smirky. <laughs> Tammy was trying to smirk, but it just came off, like, really uncomfortable, where she was, like, laughing at him. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm... S- I don't... I, Wait, yeah. what is it? Because Albert I says, that. Yeah. you've gotten soft in your old age. Oh, and then like, he not says, work yeah. Out. Right. Not work out. Right. And then Tammy <laughs> okay. tries to act. <laughs> right. She yeah. kind of smiles, like, you know, so we all know how she got this job. I mean, I guess what's weird to me <laughs> from, a, from all three of them from standpoint is like whether Diane was a tulpa or not you just spent days weeks with a woman who looked and behaved exactly like your friend Diane and she just disappeared 
and now you're like making like penis jokes and drinking red wine like it seemed a little tone deaf to me like it was just weird how they didn't seem to care that much right um but yes I agree and then he explains the whole thing very explainy um about him and Major Briggs and Cooper before Major Briggs disappeared discovered an extremely negative force or entity called Jaude in ancient terms now Judy um and they put together a plan. We don't hear what the plan was, but uh, Jack Reeves was in on it, too, and he disappeared. So when Coop disappeared, naturally, he said, if I disappear like the others do, do everything you can to find me. I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone. So do you think the two birds is Bob and Judy? Or yeah, you... I think so. I yeah, don't know. Could at the same time. Could be. Because then, trying to kill Bob, and then... Whoever Judy is. It's also what the giant says. Yeah. You know, remember well, Richard yeah. and Linda, two birds with one stone. Right. So he's not going into 18. Which Richard, bit. when he died, was on a giant stone. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> where was Judy? Was she and also? who's Linda, though? Well, Linda we find out later, but we're talking about 17 now, so no spoilers. Um, although, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no. I guess probably. We're Linda so, is Diane. Linda is Diane. We know. But so the two birds could be, I mean, my instant thought was like both Cooper. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. Right, but, right. It could be. Yeah. It could be two, two Coopers. Yeah, I, I'm trying oh, to Maybe kill. that is evil Cooper and then Bob. Like to kill those right, two birds. Right, exactly. That's probably that. the most. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And then in turn, by killing Bob, you kill... Right. It is also interesting that he is explaining so clearly things that we probably don't need explained, and yet there's so much I need explained that he didn't explain to me. Um, No, that's what's so frustrating. But they have a plan. Then Bushnell runs in, of course, and gives Truman the message from Cooper, which is, I'm headed for Sheriff Truman's... I'm sorry, gives Truman. Gives Cole the message from Cooper for Truman. I'm headed for Sheriff Truman's. It's 2.53 in Las Vegas, and that adds up to a 10. Which is completion. Right. The number of completions. So that means, cool, Gordon knows the real Cooper is on the way. Mm. I do think it's really funny how then Tammy and Albert are just recapping Doug Doug hijinks. Oh, yeah. It's your favorite scene where Tammy types (laughs) once and then pulls up all all of of Dougie's records. Right. All of his medical records. (laughs) Yeah. All of his police records. Right. Literally, it was just like, type, type, type. Like, yeah. the guy wasn't even like, I'm going to send you all the files we have on this Dougie Jones. It was just like, no. And I guess that's it what, like, it's were the, the documents, like, that behind <laughs> them on know. the screen. I mean, it looked like an old solitaire game where they're just, <laughs> right. but I think they were downloading the just, documents. Yeah, it was just a giant database right. of all the files of yeah. everyone It almost could have been a bit because who knows? they weren't really touching keypads. They were just turning back and being like, and he was in a coma. It could be a bit. And he works at Lucky Seven. That's right. Yeah, like, so a bit hearkening back to the old like uh, soap opera, right? Uh, procedural right. drama. Uh, Notice too how know. in like those types of things, when people get a phone call, you repeat everything the person is saying yeah. to you. Like, what's that, Melissa? You've lost your phone. And you, right. you know, like it's yeah. just like you like 
<laughs> repeat. This next sequence is quite lynchy and I think quite delightful the way it all plays out. Um, we're kind of going back and forth between the sheriff's department, prison, which has Chad, we don't know, Billy. I'm just, it's easier to call him Billy at this point. I'm committed He's to it. He's quoted as drunk guy. Yeah. In the he is letters. drunk guy. Drunk guy, Billy, Nato, Freddie, and James. And then it will cut to electric wires, wires and Evil Coop is driving. Yeah. He's coming. And then back to Nato freaking out. And then back to Nato's getting everyone freaked out. And then they get to the Great Northern. Just randomly. Yeah. Which is always like a breath of fresh air because the, the, like, they shoot it in almost like a sepia tone or something where the Great Northern shots look different <laughs> than the other shots. But yeah. Ben gets a call about his brother and his first question is, has he been charged with anything? <laughs> I did like appreciate that, that like Ben and Jerry, not so far from where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they close out Ben and Jerry's story. And that's, right. that's, it. <laughs> right. yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah, he was naked it. in Wyoming. So that means that evil binoculars. Oh, uh, we'll him. get him. Yeah. Was, so does that mean though that evil Coop and Richard were in Wyoming? That's right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or it's on that border area where it's yeah. just like super close. It could be on the border. Is is Washington was, bordering Wyoming? Yeah, but it's Jackson Hole, which I think is more into. Wyoming, though. Yeah. Well, I had a friend that went there. Did we say that Jerry was naked when they found him? I think they, they did. Yeah, I think they, they did. He's yeah. clothes. He's completely <laughs> He's naked. Completely naked. Yeah, that's just right. like another day, another dollar. <laughs> you get the feeling if you flash forward 25 years from now with Ben, it'd be the same situation. Um, by the way, I want to see a family, family feud game of the Palmers versus the Horns because yes. it's a hard, you're hard pressed to determine whose life sucks more right now. Time was the Palmers absolutely had it one one hands down, but I would say the Horns are giving them a run for their money this season. Yeah, because at least with the Palmers, everything ended kind of quickly, except for Sarah. Right. Sarah's the only one, but for the Horns, it's being drawn out like mental illness. You you don't know now with Audrey, she might- don't know, she could be the queen of the world. She has a blank slate. Like, we could <laughs> give her any story. Slate. We could give her any story yep. now that we want. True. Yeah. Just recently. She's so true. She woke up now. She snapped out She's of it. She's woke. She snapped yeah. out of it. She's totally woke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we get evil Cooper. And it seemed to me that he... So he abandons his truck by the road. And I think where he ends up is Jackrabbit's Palace. I too. That um, is, that, yep, he was at Jackrabbit's Palace Good old Jackrabbit's Palace. Because the Jackrabbit's Palace goes into the giant's den. Right. Versus just the red room that's in right. the giant's room. den. That's why it's only one sycamore as opposed to like 16 Ooh. sycamores in the yeah. I was wondering about that. Because the giant's den is like a studio apartment, whereas <laughs> <laughs> the Black Lodge is like a two-bedroom. <laughs> Yeah. And he, he kind of transitions into the giant's den, and then it, they send him to the sheriff's department. Right. right which, which is... Ballsy uh, of Evil Coop to even use portals when he knows he could at any moment get sucked back into the Black Lodge. Yeah, like, I'm not quite... I understand. If I were him, I would yeah. not want to even do that. But, yeah. Because it, they kept him in a cage. Yeah, they put him in that like, cage was my mm-hmm. thing. There's floating Major Briggs head, the screen of showing yeah. what's going on, and then there was a little cage with Evil Coop. Yeah, and it was then a it cage. turns into a, like a little 
It's very like Salvador bottle. Salvador Dali painting, right. and like there's That's only one gold analogy. thing in it, and it's that. Horn. Like the horn. I always yeah. think it's the record arm, but oh, maybe it's a horn. Yeah. It could be a yeah. record arm. Feels very horny, so, but um, it like pops out stuff. So What's weird get, though is we know the giant's a force for good, but like when he gestures on that screen, he makes the scene change, and he's kind of seems like what propels Evil Cooper to Twin Peaks Sheriff's department well he lives he, by rule a set of rules too so there's some sort of rules uh, that, kind of like how Hannibal Lecter will only yeah. help people who aren't rude <laughs> well, yeah 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 yes. I don't know like, I mean I don't know what the rule is or whatever but there was something where like he if he went in there he was going to be sent to Diane's true location or something right. like that Mm. Um, oh, so Diane's the pull, maybe. That's what I'm thinking, because be, she came just... from she came from Jack Rabbit's palace. Right, so he's oh, going there. Yeah. And that's is that his, that's motiv- his heart? That's, that's his, his motivation. Heart. Well, Evil Coop, not necessarily. So then, that's the other thing that. Well, what is his me. motivation? Yeah, yeah, what is Evil Coop's? I motivation? think he's out for Diane, though. That's my guess. He wants to, because NATO or Diane is very important as. Andy says so. He's trying to get to her, and but he kill, also wants and maybe kill Dale her. Coop to be dead. Right. Wouldn't that be two birds with one stone? Right? Oh yeah, there? Dale and Diane. Right. Because yeah, because I think I always interpreted as as um, he wanted Dale dead because then he could live because only one can exist right. outside. Right. That's the, true. Yeah. The thing. So I think his ultimate goal was either to avoid Coop or to kill Coop. To make right. sure that someone was going to live. And, like, this was going to be the final. Because even when he gets sucked back into the place outside, he's like, what is this? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So this is what we're doing. This is Right, right, yeah. exactly. I think, um. I think, yeah, Dale has to be the primary motivator. But I think Diane shortly thereafter because I do think... Um, David Lynch is really into classic noir tropes, and Diane is the classic Gal Friday, like, loyal to a T assistant. Like, even in that scene when you see, like, Gordon and her follow, it's like the chief and the Gal Friday, the two supporters of the private dick in all noir books, so she has that role to play. Also, why does, why does Evil Coop not try and contact, like, Hutch and Chantel? Or maybe he does, and we just don't, don't know. know. But like, it seems like much like in Game I mean, of he Thrones, wasn't, he once d- people decide to cross the narrow sea, they like move real quick. Like things just. Yeah, I guess it. we don't. Well, maybe I think we, yeah. Evil Coop already sent them to stake out Dougie's house, and right. so their goal was he assumed that Dougie was Coop. still there. Yeah, and so they were still there until he told them. She told them otherwise, so, so then they died, and so. He doesn't know that necessarily. Right. Yeah, I guess he just didn't, yeah, think that Coop was anywhere near. The real Coop wasn't anywhere near, so he didn't even think to contact them, I guess. Either way, he has multiple reasons to get there. But I do think, interesting, Nate, you brought up with Freddie, like, why why even manufacture, which I hadn't thought of, like, why manufacture this character Freddie when you could give this role to James and like 
now I'm kind of questioning that myself. I like Freddy a lot, and I like how he keeps being like, I think she's trying to say something to NATO. But I wonder why James has to be there then. What purpose does James oh. serve in any of this? He just got lucky, I think. Yeah. It was, you know, one thing that I thought, though, when you get later on into the episode, when you do the flashback with mm-hmm. Laura and James, that was a pretty, like, prevalent scene was, to put in that good. episode. Maybe that was part of, like, the parallel back to Good point, James. good point, trying, yeah. to, trying to make sure, because they knew they were going to do that. They had to remind the audience that James was important. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's funny is, couldn't they have found a way to have James come into the sheriff's department and see the picture of Laura and have a reaction? Because Bobby, Bobby does. gets the reaction, which right. tells us, oh, Bobby had a relationship with her, not the other way around. But... Yeah, I, I, and those scenes are from Fire Walk with me, right? The bangs yeah. tell me they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, love, love, love the way that Andy reacts to evil Cooper in the parking lot. Just, I always say, like, a good friend is the type of friend who, you know, five years could pass and you see each other and it's like no time passed at all. Well, Andy is, a good is that friend. Does, da- does Andy figure it out, too, that it's... Not quite. Not it's quite? Lucy, which I love, love, love. Yeah. He he senses something, but so the way this all shakes he out, he grabs Lucy to come over, and that's what it, the vision was that he saw. Yeah, maybe. he sees the vision, but Lucy, yeah. Lucy has the big save. I want to yeah. just say, like, she has the big intuition, big save. Because once Andy and Evil Coop go into it. So, like, Andy's just like, it's you, it's you, come on in, we'll put some coffee on, we'll have some donuts. And as soon as he walks him in, he's like, Lucy, look who it is. And then, like, he stops and he has kind of the flashback of what he had with the giant, where it was, like, taking Lucy. Right, And then, like, running around. And then he's like, because then he goes away, but then when he comes back, he just yells at Lucy. Very important, very important, very important. and before that, there's a couple details that are really, like, sweet and perfect so uh, he was like everyone's gonna be so happy to see you we'll make a fresh pot of coffee first reference to coffee like everyone knows cooper loves coffee then i love how when he sees lucy lucy says we were just talking about you it's such like andy and lucy are the most (laughs) believable long-term couple because how many times do we do that like you'll see someone and then they see one of us and we say something and then the other one of us says like the same thing we're in Truman's office. Like, a lot of other stuff is happening. Yeah. Right. Like, the two parallel scenes is all this stuff with, like, Evil Coop and then Chad breaking out of the jail where he has a key and a shoe, which has to be, like, a master key because right. it not only opens the jail cell, it opens the door out of the jail, and it opens his locker. Yeah. You so know, he just could get a gun. Work. So oh, wow. I do like how yeah, yeah I didn't notice that <laughs> yeah you know or I mean yeah I mean I knew he opened his locker but and then, yeah that it opened every single lock that is right. a good detail that you notice there yeah. Yeah. I do think that these two scenes finally give us a purpose for Truman uh, Frank Truman um, but what it gives us is that Truman we finally get to see where he does some real detective work mm-hmm. because he's like sussing out. Dale the whole time like does not buy it like he's leering at him the whole time just like I don't buy you one minute (laughs) Um, and he offers him some coffee and Evil Coop says no thanks 
Which right yeah, away. No, thank like, you. I'm good. No, thank you. I'm good or something like that. Yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right. And he and he yeah. runs out so excited to tell Hawk that Cooper's here. Oh, yeah. That's who he tells. But yeah, <laughs> it's a good, it gives us some good. And Melissa, you mentioned like, it's really cool how Truman is sitting in his office and just sits throughout the whole scene. It's so baller. He's just like, I'm just going to sit while all this stuff is happening. So we get this really fast sequence where NATO's <laughs> freaking out and Truman and Cooper are having this conversation alone now where it's like Agent yeah, Cooper what's going on? in the flesh. <laughs> you know? You? <laughs> in classic awkward small talk, I love Truman going to evil Cooper. What brings you to Twin Peaks? <laughs> like he's about to like just offer, you know, oh, I hear the food's real good. And <laughs> right. I have some recommendations for, yeah. you, for the fall mm-hmm. colors. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, good callback. Empty West. And then Cooper goes, unfinished business with a little smirk, like, okay, we get it. It's like sometimes, not to get political, but sometimes when Trump is giving a speech, I'm like, you you know you look like Lex Luthor when you do that. Like, you're like literally like cawing and like twisting your fingers like you're going to tie women to train tracks like I want to start a PR firm for villains that's like how to not seem so villainous <laughs> I think because we've seen this episode a couple times now too but the first time I saw this I thought from the moment he arrived at the police station all the way up to that scene I was extreme like it was very very Scary. suspenseful and right. no, you know it was, it was- very nerve-wracking. We waiting for. Right. Like, we're waiting for, will, will Coop get there in time? The real Coop, will he be there? Right. Like, will Gordon find out? Will he be there in time? So like, you're, you're just waiting to see, like... Right. Yeah, I, you know he's no good, right. Is he? Who's yeah. he going to kill? I mean, who's going to, like, yeah. set it off? Um, well, I guess I always <laughs> thought that the series would be evil Coop versus good Coop, which right. is what this scene is. So then it's like when they go past this scene, it's kind of almost unnecessary. Yeah. But, yeah, I totally agree. And, and seeing all of our sweet, innocent Twin Peaksers, like Andy and Lucy and Hawk, who are just so, like, oh, like open to whoever, you're like, oh, Andy's going to get killed. There's so many times in this scene where I think Andy's going to get killed. I know. But what's the best thing, and I'm just going to go there, is that Lucy is just really on her fucking game. She Lucy like, conceivably saves the, the day in the world. And that's the best part of all of this is that Lucy comes out like the big hero where like Yeah, yes. Lucy gets a call yeah. and she's like, Who is this? <laughs> what? Right. Ugh. Remember when Lucy should have won Miss Twin Peaks and we were like, Oh, turns out Lucy can do the splits and like she can do this and she like never be surprised by Lucy, but she's always surprising. That's right. what's so great about yeah. her. You should never be surprised, but I always She's am. got skills. And she She's figured got, out cellular phones. She figured out cellular <laughs> phones. There you go. And she killed the guy, adding to the ranks of yet another member of the sheriff's department who killed the guy. She killed evil Coop. Congratulations, Bobby and Lucy. Or do- um, she killed Doppelcoop. Yeah. yeah. And then Freddy mm-hmm. killed Bob. Because Truman, for all his, you know, insight, was still futzing around and... And then they did the weird comedic, yeah. like old school thing where the bullet hits its hat. But then, do you see that how the hat oh. flies off of Sheriff no, Truman? I did, not. I did notice that. Yeah, that was weird. Why? What caused that? Know. 
because Coop pulled out a gun too and was sh- going to shoot Truman. Yeah, we thought uh, Truman was going to be dead. Yeah. yeah, and then instead it hit his hat and did a weird hat thing where okay. it was like very. It did, so he did shoot. Yes, I think they're that's both. What I thought like, he just, yeah, I thought he just didn't the same shoot, time, but, yeah. but then I thought then, Lucy got like, the drop on him. Yeah. The gunshots went off and like his hat went funny. Yeah, like then, it flipped up like that. Right. I thought for sure he, yeah. he was shot in the head when yeah. his hat flipped up like that. So. No, I think it was just like... I mean, it just goes to show you, you can wear a pink cardigan sweater and still be a badass. Of, of all the things, though, that was definitely the last thing I was expecting from right. the right. way for that. I mean, and clearly then we take the step into the next realm here, but... Yes, and uh, then Lucy just... <laughs> the whole rest of the scene. <laughs> Kimmy Robertson... You're just pure gold, and you're definitely in my top five people I'd want to get a drink with, because in the rest of this whole madness that ensues, Andy is just holding her, but he's too tall to be in frame, so we just see his, like, chest, oh, yeah. and it's just her making the same expression literally for about 25 minutes, and I just see? think it's pure gold. <laughs> And I love it. I love it. It's and she perfect. understands cellular phones She knows. Now. You know what? It's I, you know, I'm starting to feel better about this already, just knowing that Lucy got a happy end. <laughs> right. Not only are she and Andy the greatest couple in the world, but she understands cellular phones. So she's going to be, like, sexy texting Andy. They have the greatest kid in the out. world. Oh, God, their right. kids They're going to get a study. They're going to get a red chair. <laughs> Guys, I feel so much better now. I <laughs> there you go. wasn't thinking about the Brennans, but it's as long as the Brennans are happy, then I'm happy. <laughs> so, yeah. But... <laughs> So yeah. Hawk, yeah, where now the, the fuck was Hawk? Yeah, that's a really good question. Seriously, because Comes then in. Hawk runs in after it, and it's like Hawk, you've been on this case for now. Like, where have you been? Like, what are you doing? Hawk comes like, in after, and Bobby comes in after too, right? Bobby right. comes in way after. Yeah, Bobby's, Bobby's the last like, one. <laughs> yeah. I thought Bobby, you were supposed to be the key to everything. No. Well, I think he served his purpose yeah. by getting them the map boy. <laughs> to uh, Jack Rabbit's palace. Well, when we forgot to say that um, Lucy got a call from Dale Cooper, mm-hmm. too, who also helped because he said, put a pot of coffee on, which was like, yeah. was like wait a minute, a evil Coop wants no coffee, good Coop. But, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah and that's she, where she figured it out. Yeah, and that's why, because when she transfers the call, she's like, Share this is important. This is important. This Very is important. important. Yeah. Very important. Pick up the line. Yeah. I do love to how she will always explain to them how to answer the phone. <laughs> it's the second one with the flashing light. Should she do Thanks, that again? Lucy. She did yeah, that. Yeah, she did that one last this time. time. One last... Always yeah. does it. She's consistent <laughs> to a vault. Um, so now we've got just everyone. Like if this was a if this was a play, I feel like it's an Agatha Christie play where all the characters are running in from different spots and there's like a tableau of everyone in different poses, which I love shit like that. And then <laughs> we get into the forest with steam and all sorts of shit. Who knows? But um, finally we get enter Dale Coop and he sees evil Coop. Um, oh, wait, I skipped a lot of stuff. No, sorry. You did. Um, because when... So, Coop's talking to Truman. I'm going to let you moderate. All right. (laughs) Coop's talking to Truman. Truman says, oh, but you're right here. But Lucy just shot you. Don't touch the body. Don't touch the body. I'm on my way. 
So then Andy brings up Nato, James, and Freddie from the basement. Basement from the cell. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, gotta bring them all upstairs. Oh, thank you. And then, um, so then we see the woodsmen attacking Evil Coop to try and, like, I don't know, spread all the blood around. Well, I guess it's to get. They're getting Bob out. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. But so you know, I think they just wipe it all over his face, and I just don't understand that. So I think what happened uh, then back in eight is that uh, Doppelcoop wasn't killed, so they couldn't get Bob out of his stomach. Ah. But this time he was. It was a kill shot, and that's why they were able to get the egg of Bob out. Gosh, if I had a nickel for all um, the times we tried to get Bob out of my stomach, well, Bobby, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> And um, also, I think when you see Bob attacking people, he, like, bites their face kind of like the otherworldly being in episode one, in the first episode. Oh, right. so which kinda, is Judy, I think. Which seems to be Judy. I thought it was Judy. It looks like Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. He's like Dumb and Judy. That is quoting a Tonkin Head song, and he can't stop. Yeah. It's a great name. Anyway, where were we? Bob, Nato. Cooper's dead. Woodsmen are searching for Bob. In yeah, you are right that they do seem to be searching in all the wrong places. It's for... just like, just spread. They just like, then massage his face a little bit, put some blood up. It seemed very it. like art project. It did, right. yeah. It looked really comfortable. Like. <laughs> yeah, it was just a blood facial. I think those are just squeezing. I don't know. Yeah. Also, favorite moment of like, James, shut up. Was that they all come up, and of course, James sees the one damsel in distress, which is NATO, and puts his arm around her protectively. Right. Like, James oh. is literally turned on by victims. Classic like, no James. one is. I mean, that's so James. Classic James. It is. It's so yeah. James, and I hate him for it. <laughs> Honestly, one thing that I'm really sad that we don't resolve is Bang Bang Bar Theory. Like that. Well, I don't know. I think upon rewatch, we can we can figure it out, though. I mean, so yeah, we'll have to get into this in a, I think in a minute. It, that'll you're gonna have to draw it all out. That's yeah. our I, rewatch. I've got like carry. carry <laughs> We're gonna figure out. Like, I think a lot more stuff. Like, Nine inch nails spelled backwards <laughs> is <laughs> nine divided by three. I've gotten good. You know what? This was all ruse to get me to be better at math. And I want to thank you, David Lynch, because I really have improved. If I'm like, if you take seven duck puzzles and divide them, like, I put it in number theory, it's all good. Um, so, yeah, so we have all major players are together, including um, the Mitchums even run in. I know. And I just put bubble comes out of his stomach with Bob. We got there. But it's like a bigger... Fatter bubbles than bigger we've ever seen. Fatter bubble, and of course Dale Cooper knows about Freddie, so he's like, "Freddie, this is your moment, bud." Yeah. Um, yeah. So Freddie, your purpose. Or he goes, your "Are you Freddie?" He goes, "Yes," and this is my destiny. So then destiny. it's, and then it turns Freddy. into what I think would be the Twin Peaks video game because it's like, and like it's like Freddie punching a bubblehead Bob <laughs> yeah. with his like glove, and like I can just see like like the different like little cues being like plus two mega punch, get him, Freddie. 
the like, old arcade style videos. Yeah. yeah. And then he punches him into the ground, and, and then it turns yeah. into fire. Right. Final battle. <laughs> it totally like writes itself. Twin Peaks Nintendo. Did Bob say before uh, that he would? He said, "I'll catch you with my death bag." Yes. This comes yeah. from a poem. Okay. It's called "Fire Walk with Me," <laughs> which has. Um, I'll catch you with my death bag. They may think I've gone insane, but I will kill again or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's um, pretty close, yeah. But it's it's the Fire Walk With Me poem, which is multiple times cited here. So it Good is consistent. point, though. That could be his death bag, yeah. That's right. So his death choice. bag is yeah. his bubble lava pack over his head. Placenta. I don't know his egg. <laughs> Placenta egg death bag. <laughs> Point. Bob. <laughs> You're going to need to p- p- power up with your glove of fury. Like it does turn into a Nintendo game for just a minute. Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, this is the one thing that I don't know if I've loved about the whole I just don't series. like that it's a garden glove. Like, it right. really kind of upsets me. I don't know why. Maybe torn. I've just watched too much. A leather glove would have been okay. Yeah. I mean, that would have been, like, sexier than this green glowing glove. Yeah. <laughs> See, on the one hand, I That's love like when Frodo hawk. saves the world versus Aragorn. You know what I mean? Like, I love when it's the everyman versus the hero. Right. But Freddy wasn't even the Frodo. Like, if anything, Diane was the Frodo because Diane was us. Right. All through series one and two, we listened as Diane. Like, Diane's the every woman. She doesn't have magical powers necessarily. You know, so either the hero, Cooper, should should fight the villain or, like, Diane should have. But having Freddy is just like... Come I on. suppose we would have no. to wait another 20 years for season An four. The Return <laughs> of the Return. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Maybe there's a reason we're not seeing right now, though. I know. I, or an I explanation, believe, you know. I believe in you, David Lynch. I'm <laughs> still believing in you, even though I spent the last 24 hours just kind of like crying in my pillow. But anyway. Because <laughs> then he defeats Bob, Bob breaks, and then disintegrates up into the air. Yes. There is a really sweet line that I think actually probably explains this whole series where... Is it, you did it, Freddy? No, but that's also really... great. I love that. Like, you did it, Freddy. Good job, Freddy. Cooper's always so kind and caring to <laughs> right. everyone. Um, but he says, like, the whole gang is there. They're all in that tableau. And he and Cooper says, now there are some things that haven't changed. And he looks at Hawk. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And that's, oh, like, okay. the yeah, steadfast yeah. fans who want the cherry pie and the double R and, the, like, you know, soap opera. And he's, then he says the past dictates the future, which is when NATO comes and like touches his face, and it reveals that NATO is uh, Diane. Which gotcha, part three. <laughs> <laughs> Although that one, I think by the time I was getting it, everyone was kind of getting it, yeah. right? But Even she had that vision saying that she was in the cells. Yeah. All right. Well, but I was the first one at this table to say it, so I'm going to do it. You win the table. Gotcha. Um, So Diane is back, and her hair is pink. Red. Or red. Red pink. I don't like to say red because that makes her ginger. Yeah, it was very very pinkish red. Because she also had red eyes. 
Like, they really went all out. Because somehow she went from an Asian woman without eyes to... Right. Diane right. with a red wig, Which, but like the and pure, black and white fingernails. Yeah, black Which and white. She always had a different color set nails. of makeup. It's true. Full she set. did. Here's my question, and I'm like, I'm just curious as to why this choice was made. Why couldn't Laura Dern have played NATO, and they just had like her eyes covered over and a wig and stuff? Like, why? Because that was not Laura Dern. Right. No. Right. And it. So that was a choice. And I don't think I understand why they made that choice. I think that you couldn't get it to... Her makeup couldn't have been severe enough to make you not think it was in Laura Lindbergh. Okay. That's what right, I, yeah. I think. Right, so yeah. I mean, like, they would have had to put a lot more clay, you yeah. know, because yeah. she's, she's pretty beakish. And then, like, she's very, like, long-faced, too. <laughs> right. So, like, by putting her just yeah. a different That'd be a lot actor. to clock on right there. Well, that's why I was thinking, like... Could they have just disguised Laura Dern enough? But I guess not. I do like the choice that, like, yeah, Diane... And it it speaks to the power of Diane, that in order to defeat Cooper, you had to, like, disable Diane. Like, you had to make her blind Mm. and hide her. Otherwise, she would save him. Because we know Diane has all the information he has... We know women are stronger than their male yeah, counterparts. She was, she was, yeah, so, you're right. She was, not only was she put into the other world or black She was lodge, given. She was given, she was blinded. Put into, yeah, she was blinded and, and disguised by dark coop probably, yeah. right? So that's. There's definitely an that's probably what Eurydice there, thing yeah. going on in both these episodes, too, of like leading out of hell, yeah. where, um, First, it's NATO leading Cooper out of hell, and she's able to do it because she's blind. So in Orpheus right, and Eurydice, right. um, Orpheus is like can lead his wife oh, out of hell, yeah. but only if he like doesn't look back to make sure she's there. Yeah, yeah, so very good. So when when Cooper and Diane or NATO are going out of the portal, NATO is blind, so she can't check for him. So she's able to get him out. But then later with Laura, yeah. he looks back and looks at Laura. So then she disappears. So I was like, oh, Orpheus and Eurydice, yeah. totally that. You're so smart, David Lynch. But anyway, um, but it's sweet to have them kiss, and everyone's looking on. It's kind of like the happy ending before you push that <laughs> ending into a million pieces. Right. Interesting line though. Dale Cooper says, "Do you remember everything in this?" sweet way and she says yes in this bittersweet way so I wonder does Dale Cooper know about evil Cooper raping probably not I don't know I would think that maybe he does yeah maybe he knows what evil Cooper's been doing too because if evil Coop knows everything about good Coop wouldn't the same but he was a copy of Good I don't know. Or it's not the other way around. Yeah. I like to think that Dale Cooper doesn't know, because then that also would speak to why he just leaves Audrey in hell and doesn't help I her I don't think all. he knows. Yeah, he doesn't know. No. Um, and he says, we live inside a dream. Um, and the time is 250, it keeps going back from 252 to 253. Yeah. I do love how he says, I hope to see all of you again, every one of you. Um... To, and it's like the yeah. Mitchums and Lucy and Andy <laughs> and the pink ladies and like everyone's in the room. <laughs> and then I feel like it's also to the fans, like whatever format it is, whether it's Twin Peaks or like conventions or just talking about Twin Peaks, like I hope to see you again. We mm-hmm. saw a very sweet 
tweet from Kyle McLaughlin on Sunday saying, what do you say? It's like, is anyone else getting teary-eyed or something like that? <laughs> totally and, like, was. they were all together to watch the finale of course. together. Because oh, I follow all there. the actors oh. on their Twitter account. Well, gonna, that would have been interesting. And, yeah. and <laughs> like, my thing, too, with what he said um, about the past dictates the future... And then I hope to see all of you again, everyone. It, so it almost makes me think that either he's going somewhere where he doesn't think he can return, or he's going into the past, and that changing the past would alter the future, meaning maybe he will never meet those people. Right, nice. right. Either one. It could, Not, either one or both. And then it, it, it seems like both almost. the past, too, because as we get into more of this, we kind of see him head into the past and alter it in a way. Right. And and this does tell us, you know, what Laura Palmer's death means for this town and what it would mean for this town if this death didn't happen. And we start to explore that in a way where it's almost it almost feels like we needed to explore it more. So we yeah, it's a great line. And very sad the way it's shot the whole tableau it's like very lovely i thought that whole sequence was really good it was a great payoff to finally see everyone in one place everyone the in one place. Yeah. yeah um but then we get um gordon cooper and diane are the only ones to go down to the great northern to the secret room to find oh yeah they have to drive they have to go all the way to the great Northern. yeah Yes. Just in case there was any chance that Gordon wouldn't right. be included in this scene. <laughs> right before Cooper is like leaving, it's like Gordon Coop and they're like together. Like definitely Gordon and Cooper are lovers. <laughs> they go to a secret room and he asks Gordon and Diane not to follow him. Right. Which makes sense. It's that Harry Potter like Hermione and Ralph I made, never follow. Yeah, I made a total <laughs> Harry Potter connection oh there. When he flashes back, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. No, but, but it's true. But what does throw me... Oh, go ahead, Melissa. Uh, before, was it going forward now, or was it when we were dealing with all of the Diane thing? It's good to note that Cooper's face is oh, Laura yeah. Palmer onto the yeah. back. You're it's right. like grayscaled onto like the back of the whole scene. What is you know the what? meaning of that? I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know what that is supposed but this to It's got to mean something for somebody who... It's true. Could be that that's a dream. This is how much I trust Melissa. <laughs> As I was taking notes this whole time, I'm thinking, I should write the, like, Gordon, like Cooper's face is in the background, and I'm like, Melissa will remember. It was one of those things I just knew you would remember. Well, that's did. like I was writing down, like, in the next scene we'll talk about, and I was like, but this is from Fire Walk With Me, right, Kelly? You got this. <laughs> we know what each other got, sis. Yeah. Because... I don't know. Because it makes it very surreal, and it does... It did make me start to think if if this theme is like we are all in the dream, but who's the dreamer? Yeah, is Cooper the dreamer? It's Cooper the dreamer, yeah. and then this is all just a dream of Coop while he's in the Black Lodge and just can't get out. I oh. so I have a theory too, though, that I think Laura may be the dreamer, and part of that is because we were trying to figure out why is Laura sort of the center of everything. Right, is she the dreamer? 
and because her parents are both symbolized as evil. you know evil characters, right? Yeah, I don't know. It was I get the coop dreaming theory too? It could but be Laura. This episode whenever, started making me think Laura a little bit too. Whenever Laura and Coop interact, it is like crazy chemistry. Like they just seem to be like these two forces. It's like Luke and Leia. You know, like it's like these two that are supposed they're the right. last Jedi. What did you know? what did um what what's her name from the Matrix say? What was her thing about the dreamer being Oh. Stuck in the dream, more or less, and yeah. so it started making me think maybe. And that is big in Twin Peaks. I mean, right. in Twin Peaks and Lynch. I mean, Lynch dreams are huge. Loves yeah. to to the point where, like, I when I have a really prophetic dream or a dream that shakes me, like that one I had about you that I texted you about, like that I can still call in vivid detail to my mind. Like, I'll write them down or I'll think about it for ever and it will really really fuck with me like so a, a lot of David Lynch movies have to do with the characters like I had this crazy dream and then it comes true like that's like a very classic Lynch trope mm-hmm. and then the, I think what he's saying is that these dreams are like these infinite realities that we inhabit with time mm-hmm. and space which that's Star Trek that could too be, like, that could lends be itself to my other realities, theory infinite diversity. and then there's I'll also, keep that for uh, the end there's but. also yeah. Back it's a good to, segue into our new podcast. Back to Audrey, though. Audrey was like earlier, dreams She's sometimes harken yeah. a truth. Mm-hmm. So it's true. Who knows? That's just it's just hard, and I get that. Like when you have a cast of characters that's really broad, you can't bring every character a happy ending. But no surprise, I'm <laughs> admitting things that everybody knows. I, for whatever reason, relate the most to Audrey. Yeah. And when her history was cut down so short, it, like, made me hearken to things in my history that made it get cut down short. And, like, it made me feel like, oh, why didn't she have this? She had all the potential but didn't get to live the potential. Whereas <laughs> these other characters, Donna's probably, like, a veterinarian in Spokane or something. <laughs> like, it's just, like... Sending her muffhead sister money every couple months. I know. Months. It's just, like, why do some people have so much promise and so little fulfillment? She didn't get nothing, though. Donna didn't get nothing. Not in Twin Annie Peaks, didn't get nothing. getting out of Twin Peaks is the goal. Well, we don't know. That's anyway. The thing. So we got so much more to cover. <laughs> Jeffrey's the one-armed man. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. I do want to say... so. Before Cooper leaves Gordon and Diane, he says, see you at the curtain call. Do you guys non-theater people know what a curtain call is? Uh, Is that when everybody comes out and bows? Yes. Well, what's interesting about a curtain call is, like, even in a show where everybody died and, like, like... West Side Story, you know, like everybody just got shot, and then we all come out, and the Jets and Sharks are holding oh, yeah. hands, and everybody's well, he bowing means see together. You in death, then. I think it's death. Yeah. Like curtain call is is after the action. It's right. where everybody's together and acknowledging, and you have this sense of like we're in the curtain call, we love each other. You know, like there's an acknowledgement of the audience. I think that was a purposeful death reference. Like I'll never see you again until death. That's kind of how I took that to mean. That's yeah. deep. Yeah. Yeah. Curtain calls not. Right. Curtain calls are weird. Yeah, I think you're right. 
Yeah. That makes sense. Um, we get the Fire Walk With Me poem. Okay, and I want to talk one thing about the Fire Walk With Me poem. So a lot has been said about this one line about the Fire Walk With Me poem, which is, one chance out between two worlds, Fire Walk With Me. And purposefully, there's no, like, is it chance, like, C-H-A-N-C-E, like a game of chance, or chance, C-H-A-N-T-S, like chance, a chant. Mm-hmm. And in the Fire Stick translation, it says chance, like C-H-A-N-T-S. So, um, but I feel I, like if you take this you to could, one yeah. chance out between yeah. two worlds, it yeah. makes so much more sense. That's what I thought it was. I think like it's one ambiguous. Way to get out. I think it's both. Right, and that's why why it's supposed to be both. But because yeah, we just get the one-armed man's face chanting that. I wonder if I could just remember the whole poem. Probably not. Uh, Through the darkness, the future is past. The magician longs Longs to see see one chance chance out between between two worlds. worlds. Fire walk with me. Yeah, Yeah. didn't write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't write it down. (laughs) And then there's the other. I don't know if that was completely right. That's yeah. But that's what Pat and I do to each other Close every night before we <laughs> future. You guys hold hands, just lay on your right. backs in bed. Bye, <laughs> Night, love you. <laughs> and then the ceiling turns into red car- curtains. Or a whisk Yeah. <laughs> like, let me turn on the sound machine as Julie Cruz playing. <laughs> Oh, seeing seeing older Julia Cruz was really sad for me. I did not like oh, that. She was fine. <laughs> anyway, we'll get there. But um, so we get that poem with the one-armed man, and I think I think if you use the chance verbiage here, it makes it a lot more sense. Like this is Cooper's one chance out right. between two worlds, old Twin Peaks and new Twin Peaks, but he has to be ready to walk with the fire. And then it cuts the woods, and it kind of fades the staircase to Jeffrey's. And it's the same sequence that we saw with right. Emil Kurt Coop trying to find Philip Jeffries, except this time, Phil Coop has the one-armed man as his leader. So right. he's just like... No Dunkapas, just one-armed right. man. He's like, the manager is taking me through this, so... Right. VIP treatment. Yeah. Yes. You can send the Dunkapas home. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and the whole Jeffries thing is a lot of mythos. Like, this would be, like, very uh, black oil heavy X-Files stuff. Like, wow. Um, On acid. Yeah. (laughs) We get owl cave symbols inverted and reverted and with, like, little... I'm like... The infinity sign... Which is right. like an infinite... But with a dot in different positions. Right, like the dots moving to... So what is the... The first symbol is the one that they always show. What That's is that? Owl cave. That's the owl And it's... We don't know what it really is. Right. It was just the symbol of Twin Peaks to them to get into... I took it, like, I always took it to be the White Lodge and the Black Lodge because like if you invert it on one side, it's like the white and then you turn it around, it's the black. Listeners, I'm making all sorts of gestures with my hands that yeah. you're not seeing, but... <laughs> and I really want to get tattooed on my wrist, so... I thought about doing that, too. Dot. No, not with a little Oh, that's the <laughs> owl. I'm already, well, I'm already I, jumping I ahead to the infinity. I drew them all on my infinity. notebook I know. here. But so, like, there's this one, then this one, then this one. Again, yeah. in an aural media, these are really helpful things. Right, so it's the owl symbol, <laughs> and then the little wings. Owl cave symbol. 
pop off and turn into a very... Two diamonds. Two diamonds. diamonds. Which is actually the Log Lady and Major Briggs tattoos together. So there's that. And then they just turn into a nice, like, swervy ape, and then, like, a thicker ape with a little ball running through. With a dot running through. It was infinity. Yeah, Yeah, an infinity, but there's a dot. Right, well, so what I thought was, was that the dot was, like... I didn't His think about place. it until the end, right when he, when he rolled the ball mm. back. So I thought, well, they're they're that's where she's at, where they're right. gonna take him. But the thing that I thought was weird right, was right. that before it moved, it turned like that. Yeah. So then it kind of made it me right. think, like, is it a different like um, right. universe, a different like a universe. parallel universe or something like that? I think like that's that. certainly possible. Right. And if Star Trek: The Next Generation has taught me anything, it's that like. Parallel dimensions are possible. Every combination of events is possible. So I think that that's what they're starting to lead us into is like this idea of what if we change this one event? What would it mean for all these people? Because that's what Cooper is asking Philip Jeffries. He's like, I need to go back to February 23rd, 1989. Right. He's like, I'll see what I can do. It's slippery in here. And then he says, this is where you'll find Judy. Judy. And he was like, didn't you ask me that already? And that was Evil Coop. Right. Jeffries doesn't know the difference between Evil Coop and regular Right. Coop. We yeah. see that because the first time we see Jeffries in the flashback, which was actually in Fire Walk With Me, he points to Good Coop and says, do you know who that is? Like, he thinks that's Evil Coop. So he has no Coop dart. He like, doesn't <laughs> have any idea who's yeah. good and who's evil. So certainly this scene makes me think that Laura Palmer is Judy or... Sarah Palmer or Laura Palmer because right after he says um, this is where you'll find Judy and there's symbols it transfers to the fan blades and then we're at the fire walk with me scene with Laura Palmer and James right Right. so I mean it's not inconceivable that Laura Palmer is Judy right and that she's her own origin of pain and suffering. Or that Judy was there at that time in that location. Right. Maybe. I Because this was the time where she tells Bobby, your Laura has disappeared. He's going to come right. kill you. Which so. is so brilliant. That is pretty brilliant because I'm like, okay, that could just easily have been. And when I saw it, I just took it to be a teenager just being like, the girl you knew has gone in this new world. Right. Like... Donna would have said that because Donna got a new pair of sunglasses. Like, Laura says these things because she's been taken over by another being. Like, it's like those things in Teenage Dumb. It's it's a crazy thing. But then in Laura's case, it's legit. Like, in Laura's case, it's all real. Yeah, because her dad raped her a bunch. Yeah. And she did a lot of cocaine. I do think it's interesting how the shot, which these are all shots from Fire Walk With Me, black and white, we see... Her getting on the bike with James from Leland's perspective, which right. is neat. Um, and kind of creepy. Yeah. I like the way, too, that they manage. So what they do is they bring Cooper into Firewalk with me, and they kind of, like, have him in the woods with seeing a, Laura's final night. The Dementors. I mean, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, my God, it's the Dementors. It's another Harry Potter. Um and and they're using just footage from Fire Walk With Me, and there's a moment where Laura screams because she sees, which I thought was Bob. It probably was Bob. But in this, it's Dale. Did he, he might have replaced Bob or yeah. Leland Bob 
Oh, it could be. In this instance. Right. But can I just mention my favorite line of this whole sequence? Yes, please. Laura turns to James and goes, Bobby killed a guy. (laughs) I and you said that, I think a couple podcasts ago you said does anybody remember Bobby killed a guy? That was so funny. It's like this is just it's so funny because it's just kind of like out of the blue, like Bobby killed a guy. And then she's like helping to bury him by Bob. I know, it's my favorite. It's the best. It's like it shows that Laura is fun. Laura's got fun sense of humor. She is pretty fun girl. She is fun, but like you don't see like how funny Laura is. Like she's really funny. Um I do like this, like... Let me kill the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Laura's fun and funny, she says to James, you don't even know me, which that has been a big theme of the series is, like, who am I? So we had Diane being like, I'm not me, I'm not me. Right. We had Audrey, R.I.P., <laughs> being like, I'm not me, I'm not yeah. me. You know, all these people who don't know who they are, so that was a good kind of yeah. reference. And we are getting the exact scene from Fire Walk With Me, but now from Cooper's perspective. And inhabited people who are not really them, too. Right. Or now, so the <laughs> Ramette Leo Jacques shot, is that in Fire Walk With Me? I think it, it was. was. It was. It was, okay. yeah. Because that They're was Eric Because she wandered up to yeah. him, right? Yeah. yeah. In the yep. movie. Yeah, in the yeah. movie she wanders but, up to him. So yeah. we see them waiting and it's just elongated because it's like they're waiting. She never waiting. shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Because one thing I remember thinking with Fire Walk With Me that I don't think we've talked about in our Fire Walk With Me podcast, you know, Laura, we all know, hypes off the hops off the bike at Sparkwood in 20 and she does so in this way that she's like, I love you and she's all dramatic and she just turns a corner and meets Jacques and Leo and um, Ramette. Yeah. Like, so... She planned to meet them there, so it makes me think that whole like hysteric she threw was an was, act. It was an act. Well, I think part yeah. of it was yeah. an act, like, but was, I think part yeah. of it was like, no, now I gotta go sleep with all of these dudes and do so much cocaine. Like, no, it's just leave me. I love you, but I hate you. I gotta go do some drugs right. It's that duality. Like yeah. she like had. But, like, there was one version of Laura that planned, like, I'm going to use oh, yeah. James to get a ride to go to this thing, and then I'm going to, like, fake a histrionic Faller, fit with him yeah. to, like, get off the bike and go, Yeah, and <laughs> then meet these other people. Like, yeah. it does paint her in a different light, like, well, when I think of it that way. Well, even in her journal, she's like, I love James, but he's so stupid. Mm-hmm. She's right. like, I can manipulate this one like no other. Well, and what's funny is, like, knowing that and how she feels about Bob, then you imagine her coming upon in the woods a man in a black suit just being like, come to me. It's like Phantom of the fucking opera. Like, I'd be like, okay, Dale Cooper. (laughs) You know? Like, she's just like entranced. Mm -hmm. Like, upgrade. You could have been with Canadian Tuxedo (laughs) Brigade and now you've got Cary Grant. (laughs) Like, things are going so good for you. I've seen you in a dream. Right. So again, making me think that Maybe Laura is the dreamer, and maybe Coop is trapped in the dream. It could I don't be, know. yeah, because Coop does seem to yeah. not be able to get out of this like rut. It's like a groove in a, an album that he can't get out of. Yeah, that but could everybody... be because then, yeah, then he comes back and tries. You see him trying to save her for, in Texas, and I'm going to take you to your mom's house, and then yeah, that's the last scene, and then she screams right. and. Well, you know what's interesting and would be a good 
So you guys remember the Truman Show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the clues in the Truman Show that the reality wasn't real was that, like, nobody's life is filled completely with people who are obsessed with them and, like, their right. needs and their stuff. In Cooper's world, it's all about Cooper, like the Mitchum brothers and Jamie E. In Cooper's and world Bushnell. and then Laura's world, well, which is yeah. everyone's obsessed exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it's like one of these worlds could conceivably not be real at all. And I do love, love, love the shots of like Josie and Pete and Catherine, because that's like, here's some regular people as dramatic and like. You know, they're VIPs in Twin Peaks, but, like, this is just a regular people having a regular day, like, their life, and how little it would have had to do with Laura Palmer had yeah. not her body washed up on the shore that day. It's very interesting to, to think get about. everyone's lives. Yeah. Well, so my thing, too, is, is why did Coop, right after defeating Bob out the gate, why did Coop then decide the time was to go back and save Laura Palmer, of all people... I mean, I know she was, so was it because she was the initial case and he was still right. solving that? But why did he decide to go back and save her? When... Or could it be his fatal hubris? Like, Cooper consistently makes the same mistake, which is going back to save the girl. Like, he did it with Carolyn. He's too empathetic. Yeah. He, he relates too much to one person to, like, look at the greater good. You know? Okay. I don't know. It, seem, it does seem like... I also think it's somehow part of his destiny. Like, the giant gave Freddy his destiny. The giant also yeah. let Laura's bubble out into the world. And, like, that was something that Cooper was... And they have a connection. Right. Every time they kiss, like, Shirley and... Paul McLaughlin, I'm like, wow. They have they so always much like they're also trying not to giggle a lot. I know, I know, and I think it's because they're both just like, this is so weird that we're kissing. <laughs> Again, Luke and Leia. Again. Like, they're like... 25 years later. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it is it is interesting, but I think that he has this, he's got, he's got the uh, Jon Snow syndrome. He's going to go for what's noble versus what's going to make the most people happy because if Cooper would just have left that sheriff's department being like, okay, great. I've got Diane and Eva's dead. And, oh, you know what? I've got about two hours. I'm going to go to that mental institution and save Audrey from herself. But I'm like, (laughs) sorry, I raped you. Let me take a better interest in your life and like tell you that you're not wrong and say hi to Ben Horn and be like, let's reconcile that relationship. Like, he could have, like, done that in, like, three and a half hours. But instead, he was like, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go and start the whole thing over again. Right. (laughs) It's like, he's that noble. He can't. He has to go to the wall. Uh, Because when he's basically leading Laura through the woods, does he say we're going home? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're going home. He has no home. His home, he just left his home. Right. I thought the same thing. What is home? His home was Gordon and Diane. And even now, even more, now that we know he loves Diane, like, part of Cooper's appeal in the original series was that he was an empty vessel. You know, he comes into this scene. We don't meet Cooper first. We meet Twin Peaks first. We meet Twin Peaks people first. And that's our viewpoint. And then Cooper comes in as an outsider, and he wins us over really through like Harry and Cooper's relationship. Right. 
but it's not the story of Cooper. Cooper's just the Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now, it this season, it was really all about because Cooper. Because if he's the dreamer inside of a dream, then he's the main character. Right. So, so. oh, so... We're living inside a dream, but who's the dreamer is basically... Is Laura, it Laura, then Laura is or the dreamer. Is it Laura or is it Coop? One of those two people have to... That's the big question. Because then, like, the next scene after... Is really well done because it is the flashback to the oh, pilot. I love the flashback. And instead, there's just no body for Pete to find. So it's just a day. And the way that they... Without the body, what the day shows me is just this sort of empty sadness that this family has because it's Josie putting on lipstick and Pete and Catherine having a horrible marriage and Pete going fishing which isn't a happy ending by any means so that's where I thought that could have been the ending I think you're right and been like great because it would have been like oh, we see the significance of Laura Palmer's death and what it did for this town in a good and bad way. And then we are left with hope of what actually happened to all of those invested characters. Right. So you're correct. If it ended there, it would have been peaceful and (laughs) happy. That's actually kind of the ending I would have wanted because it wouldn't have been sugary sweet. We're not getting answers to everything, but it's just like, Okay, her body disappears. Like, Pete walks the dock and is fishing. It's just like, oh, another day. But we know that they're all sad and they have problems and they're not going to meet Dale. And, like, we don't know what's going to happen. But it's like the significance of one event on these people's lives, which I always thought was supposed to be the story of Twin Peaks initially. It was like, death has meaning here. Or life has meaning here. Every life. It's not just a faceless statistic, which is what Coop says to Albert. You know, so it's all about, like, in Twin Peaks, one death means something. And this is like packing up and putting to bed this one death. But that's not the way they go with it. No. (laughs) Because then they uh, shoot to the Palmer house in present day? Or right. Well, it was. It was the. I mean, did she have the cigarette? Well, that was, was she smoking like that before. The high school you prom picture is there, really, yeah. and that was not there before. Right. I think There's, it was the past. I think it was also the past. Like I in the think. same timeline. I think so. She, I think she got upset that Laura was taken away. Maybe. I think well, it so was that too. Confuse me because. I don't know. Yeah, but where was Leland? If. And you see her cigarettes, and you see prescription drug cases. That was but we a big don't know. Thing. Yeah, we don't see Leland. Um, Sarah is just moaning. So yeah, it's interesting the way this goes. Like just to back up for a minute is like once you know we once Dale says like where are we going? We're going home to Laura. We cut to the first scenes in Twin Peaks, and we have like Catherine and Josie, and it's like beep beat by beat the first scenes but then it's Pete as though the body was never discovered and like Pete fishing which is like great but then it cuts to the Palmer house and we think it's modern day because there's cigarettes everywhere there's empty booze there's pill cans and the one thing that's different is that there's the prom picture but she didn't have the prom picture Right. 
In modern day. Which and is, there's the Donna and Laura picture, which I noticed it was um, Maureen Kelly, not... Um, Laura Flynn. Right, not oh, Laura Flynn okay. Boyle. Yeah, no one likes she had like Laura a Flynn Donna Boyle. picture. It was more like the picture she yeah. had in her original room. I thought it was... Yeah, 19, 1989, but so I don't know. Because she always smoked. Mm-hmm. And maybe she was always on pills. Because so. there's no Leland. It's a back room. It seems like modern Because Leland was out stalking yeah, the, the game. <laughs> and at first, because like when I first initially thought it, I thought it was modern day where Laura lived. So thus, there was more pictures of her. But it makes more sense for her because Sarah takes the prom picture and smashes it yeah. over and over, and then with right. the firm sound too. So my guess right. is it might have been like the past because then it's like this isn't happening. Right, now. which is so a great bring back of um, Leland doing the same thing where he dances with the picture and breaks it, and then there's blood on the frame. Oh yeah, so. I, you know, I, I take it to mean that, like, a parent, if you're a parent whose child has died, your existence becomes mourning that child, and there has to be some part of you that resents that child. Like, and that's what I saw from, from Sarah with that prom picture. Like, I didn't see that, like, she disappeared. I saw that the same thing. It was a dead child that she was like I can't handle this anymore have you seen the movie the OA or that series on Netflix no I have not some of it so I thought the end of the OA was very similar to Audrey's wake up scene Mm. literally very similar wow Um, and the OA also talks about parallel universes through life and death Um, the other two callbacks that I thought of when I was watching this um, was Stranger Things, obviously, with the parallel universe. Yeah, so down. Right, and and part of me thinks that that's like the fire walk with me, is that if there's a there are different versions of you, and in this case, you know, there was a, a good coop and a bad coop. Yeah. And maybe they live within, you know, the same... They're in parallel universes, but in the same position. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, you're walking with your evil self or something along those lines I thought of. I I like that and I'm going to say also what reminds me of Twin Peaks is the Dark Tower series. I was getting, I was going, okay, go, yeah, that's exactly it. Why are we doing that in Mm -hmm. this one? Right, not only is there like many worlds in the Dark Tower series, but you have the walking man, the dark man, who is uh, Randall Flagg, is dark, that's the dark coop. Yeah. So and some. I mean, it's obviously so not the same. So sad that it doesn't but. seem like they're going to go that way with the new series. No, it's they blew it, and uh, they're not. They meant to do a franchise, well, and it didn't make enough. I sort of feel like that there are these beings that maybe have different levels of power. I don't know. Um, in Twin know. Peaks or in the right Dark in Tower? Twin Peaks, <laughs> yeah. and that you know people like the Fireman, the One Arm Man. True, true. That yeah, those people yeah. kind of live between these parallel worlds, sort of like in the Dark Tower. Very good. Yeah. And Very that good. Yeah. Part of yeah. what they were trying to do was to track down Bob right. and Judy, and to, so like, suck up their power and join them. Right. Judy seems I totally to be, see yeah. that. 
If we're going with the idea yeah, of use the microphone. The whole Laura Palmer didn't die. What characters in Twin Peaks do you think would have better lives because she didn't die? What characters do you think would have Ooh. worse lives because she didn't die? And what characters do you think their lives would probably be the same because she didn't die? So what do you think, I guess to go back to when he pulled her away, mm-hmm. what do you think that meant then? Did it? Did everybody just think she ran away? Well, I guess that's what we don't know. Yeah. No. She just disappeared from Or if it changed the, the timeline. Right. Or... So to my thinking, there's two different... Well, there's multiple realities in Part 18. Multiple realities. One of the main ones is the reality of, like, Laura Palmer didn't die, and that's where we see in 17, Pete not finding her body. Yeah. There's also a the return didn't happen reality that we'll unpack in a bit. But So I'm saying if we go with the, like, Laura Palmer didn't die, meaning let's say that she, like, lived and had a normal Mm -hmm. life. But, but is she still missing? And like, hmm, that's a good question. I guess it is. No, we'll say no. She's we'll say no. Missing. She's not missing. She's not well, missing. We, we won't overcomplicate it. You're just saying like what people would benefit, right? Without her. Like if you think about the the character's trajectory within the original Twin Peaks, who right. like actually? But there's so many what ifs. Like, I know. is Leland still raping? Right, or is he raping somebody else now right. that Laura's gone? I would assume that he would still be raping her. He would still be raping. So yeah. she's still not she having still has an a bad life. life. Yeah. And um, she Sarah's likely... still going to be, like, weirdly drug addict. Right, and Laura could be, you know, because she starts this pattern of, like, sleeping with men and using them and, like, to, like, feel something. She could hurt even more people. Right, and then... She could get pregnant... I know. I would Lots say Donna would have a worse life too because, but fire walk with James and right, and then James would maybe be a little bit better, but still awful. <laughs> yeah, because everyone was on a horrible path anyway, kind of going right. forward. Yeah. No one, no I, one was I, doing um, well. I mean, I do think there are some people who will have sort of a redemptive story because of Laura Palmer dying, right. and that, like those are Bobby, the, right? And, Bobby, Audrey. Ben. ben, Ben, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Ben definitely is a different person, right? So. Would he have uh, succeeded in his scheme of the mill plot, right? And just been and like that, just been an evil, snidely like, whiplash type yeah. character. We can agree that Lucy and Andy would be the same. Like yes. they'd probably have the yeah. same life. I don't think they'd have ended up together. They might have had a few complications, but they'd have ended up together. Hawk would have probably been the same. Same, yeah. Log Lady would still be dead. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. So many We're all gonna die someday. It's, the, it's the definitely like um. It's like just the infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. It's true. Star Trek. Because then if she like <laughs> disappeared but is still alive, I feel like some people would have better. Like I think Sarah Palmer would be on a better track. <laughs> right. Versus if she was still at home being raped by. Her husband, like her daughter, was still being raped <laughs> by her husband. Bob. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he keeps everything so surreal that yeah. he never really touches on anything with 
the rules, right? Kind of right. going back to the exactly. rules of like there what's the ring rules. and the rocks in the pockets and right. um, like right. when you go right. like when you go into an alternate yeah. re- or a, yeah. not like a parallel universe, but you go through the portal. What kind of and what happens to that person that is you in that that right. version of reality? Do you like? meld yeah. with that person and become a hybrid right or are there two versions of you in the right. universe and that goes to the two exactly yeah. that there can only be one remember exactly I, I think so upon re-watching 18 I do and having some space so we've taken a week now and kind of had some space and rewatched it and interestingly I found myself too liking it more when I was kind of defending it to other people because had a company party and a couple different people were talking to me about their feelings about Twin Peaks and there was a lot of like general feelings of <laughs> it doesn't have the charm and witty quirkiness soapiness of the but original they, we series. We already knew that. We already knew right. that. Already and like that, so. I do think if you accept this ending and look back, it does make sense and it has a lot of merit. I will say still my problem is that you could have parts 1 and 2 and 17 and 18 and not have episodes 2 through 16 of The Return. Like, those, that sandwich of episodes doesn't have anything to do with yeah. these bookends, which is a choice, and that right, works. But, right. like, I would rather they have some tie-in, because mm-hmm. they don't. But I, I like it. I, I'm finding it more acceptable and more interesting. I don't still. Why, Melissa? Share. Because I felt like 18 was just... It was one of Lynch's, I'm going into this way, this is the direction I'm going, like, fuck everyone that's been paying attention. Like, Mm -hmm. and I was literally watching what I call the endless road trip, being like, I wish a bomb was going off for five minutes. I would (laughs) rather watch a fucking bomb go off like I did in eight for an abnormal amount of time, and I get... There's symbolism behind everything, but it's just like, I feel like the first half was just kind of reiterating, trying to get you to connect things that he won't connect for you, which is frustrating as a viewer and a fan. And then who doesn't have music playing on their fucking road trips? Mm -hmm. Cooper and Diane. It's just silence as they drive and drive. And then Cooper and Laura. Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just oh. no right and that's right. a yeah. fucking long road trip to just be sitting in silence what kind of music would and Dale no Cooper... one has a phone being whipped out to be like <laughs> right. well at least I'm gonna go through Instagram. so one thing that I kind of thought when I watched it though is it does kind of remind me I mean you know I always think of when I drive to somewhere where it's, it's maybe a distance and you're all in the car and everybody's talkative, but then when you come back, how oftentimes everybody's just very silent and kind of oh, sitting in the car. Oh, So it kind of made me yeah. think of like, well, like it's the I could kind of see that it's yeah. yeah. Once again, the uh, the return, and That's... it's like yeah, we've we've done our job, and now we're right. coming back. My road trips are still fun each direction. <laughs> <laughs> so there are playlists. Yeah. There are maps of all the things we could do. In between the two areas. Well, he put a song on during sex, though. Well, he didn't put a song on, so do we have to explain the difference? <laughs> there is to David me, Lynch did it. Yes. Yeah. There's like a little bit of a... I actually liked the beginning half of the episode before they got to Odessa a lot. Mm-hmm. I think once they get to Odessa, 
the wind kind of gets knocked in the back. The first scene... Or do you think you're just craving some of the love of Twin Peaks, and so you get that with so much of the Red Room. Right. That once you get to Odessa, you're like, I don't know what exactly. I'm supposed to be I think here. What, and, and once you get to Odessa and you get Cheryl Lee, and, like, that first scene with Cheryl Lee and Kyle McLaughlin is interesting. It's cool to see her as a different person and... You, you also, know. by that point, you know it's ending and that they're not going to right. They're not going to come back to anyone. Certain storylines, so right. right? I mean, if they were, if they did do uh, season four, I just don't even think they could call it Twin Peaks anymore. Unless maybe they do, right. maybe no. they could call it Visiting Twin Peaks, and they could have one episode where they they visit. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I could I see if they did like an alternate yeah. reality where, oh, look, it's all these different right. versions of these characters now. Yeah, which would be kind of cool. I want to unpack the last Black Lodge you scene. Can... Is the same as part one Black Lodge scene. So the uh, in terms of the lines, now I right. don't think they actually took the same footage because Kyle McLaughlin's reactions are different. So the like, is it future or is it past? That happened in part one. Um, and then I'm the arm. I sound like this. The, the first scene we see the yeah. arm with like the right. tree branch and the. It, yeah. That's the same as part one. But Kyle McLaughlin's reactions are different. And then we also get this like um, story of the little girl this, who lived down the lane line. He doesn't say is, that. The tree doesn't say that in the first No, he doesn't. Yeah. He says, Is it the story of the little girl who lived down the lane? And that is. The tie-in to Audrey's story. Do they also mention that in episode 8, at the end when they're in the 50s, is she the little girl who lives down the lane? Could be. Oh. Interesting. um, So, yeah, I think that's certainly very possible. And that's uh, possibly Sarah again. Well, so then, and that makes it maybe that, well, so Audrey references the little girl who lived down the lane to Charlie, and I think, like, their third go around yeah. about going to the... It's not their first mm. time talking about going to the roadhouse. And so originally I thought the little girl who lived down the lane was Audrey talking about herself. But now I... My thought was like, oh, she's talking about Laura. But actually yeah. you make a good... That could be about... We we all say Sarah, but we actually have no... We don't know for <clears> sure <throat> if that flashback was Sarah. That song, though, is playing... Um, so the song My Prayer by The Patters. It's like a very doo-wop song... Um, is playing when just it's just this easier to call water. little Sarah Palmer like is this is the water and yeah this is the, the woodsman yeah. radio broadcast show hour where mm-hmm. little Drink alien vessels climb into your mm-hmm. esophagus <laughs> and future state where Diane and Coop makes <laughs> well, I don't want to say space we love because it's not I do want to talk about that so <laughs> So, like, when Diane and Cooper are past the point of electricity, which I love, too, how Cooper, like, just feels it out and he can tell when they're at the point. And they do bring in the 430s. The 430s, the amount of miles they took to get to this point of, like, portal point. Yes. And then when they pass it, they're still Diane and Cooper, but they're different. And they, like... You know, it was almost sort of like they kissed each other, possibly for the last time. Mm-hmm, right. Like, you definitely get the sense that they have no idea who they'll be when they right. cross this point. Oh, and I, I know we're not going totally linearly, but I do want to backtrack and just say, 
when Coop re-enters the world from the Black Lodge in this version, he's in Sycamore Grove in Sycamore, and not yeah, the Sycamore trees, wherever yeah. he was before. And Diane's waiting for him, so it yeah. seems much more like they had everything planned and like everything that happened in Twin Peaks. She was on top of and knew where to go and find him, right? Which makes sense. The plan was going according to plan up until then, right? Maybe. But so when they do get to the hotel or motel, that's where everything starts to get a little bit foggy. Right. Because that's where we see the other version of Diane. Because I feel like the description shouldn't be what is your name, which is what it is via Showtime. It should be, is this the future or is this the past? Because it's a constant question of you right. don't know the timeline of when things are happening. Because right. once they, they get to the motel and then things get... Every, both of them are acting weird or quiet. It's an awkward road trip. Yeah. And then Coop goes in to get a room, and then Diane sees... Another version of herself. Right. Yeah, I, and so is it future or is it past is actually the description for 17, and I think that mm. brings to, like, this oh, is all just yeah. one big episode, even though they... Right. Yeah, and, and when they do get into the hotel room a couple things of note you know number one i think it's funny that coop says to turn off the light as a woman i would find that extremely unflattering if like you're about to make sweet love and the guys like turn off the light one that like, usually likes to have the light on though I'm like oh we'll keep this off but i thought maybe they would have be, like a it should be like his choice it shouldn't be like the gentleman being like i don't well, want to see I don't your know naked body diane was like all right now we're just in this hotel room so we're gonna do it right well now. and that's the funny thing is so like they seem to be diane and cooper but they also seem to have not had sex before which i guess could be true of diane and cooper um right maybe we know they've just, kissed before we know yeah, that yeah. evil cooper raped her but we yeah. don't know if Anyway, but was that this time? Right. Does it... she remember that or not? Which I think that plays into the next moment. So like, right. they make a purposeful allusion to Evil Coop because Dale Coop says, um, "Come over here to me," yeah. and that's what he says to Chantal, or what Evil Coop says to Chantal in the first scene with Chantal oh, in a motel. Okay. And he says it in the same inflection as Evil Coop. Yeah. And he's having more and more, like, vocal patterns of Evil Coop right. in this episode. Unless, and he wasn't reactionary at all. I don't like, think that, I don't think that this Coop is evil, because we were talking about no, this. No, he's yeah. not evil, but he's, like, he's, he's not he's, our Coop. He's, well, not, he's Dale not Dale Coop. Is he, I mean, he's, like, Gray Coop, right? right. He, is yeah. he Richard? Is term. Richard Gray Coop? Right. Like, so we exactly. find out Richard and Linda are Diane and Cooper, but what's weird is like, so I think that this like kind of extendedly long lovemaking scene has a purpose because it shows it us Diane was having, really long. It was really long. Mm, I mean, for really one thing, we know that Coop in any iteration <laughs> likes to have the woman on top. Because Dougie Coop had Janie E on top. Well, he was also like a stroke victim. I right. really couldn't be yeah. like... Uh, he couldn't really be in command there, but... <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, did, had, did we see Evil Coop have sex in? Um, no, no, we didn't. No. no. He just likes the raping. So yeah, he, he didn't get that opportunity. I guess yeah. he would be on top. It's yeah. like Chantel raping. and the Hutch is a shame, and he didn't get that I opportunity. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just, you know, it just you hasn't just worked out for you, Chantel. Yeah, but it's, but it's interestingly shot because 
Kyle McLaughlin is just staring directly at Laura Dern, mm. like hardcore. Yeah. And she is like looking up the ceiling, either like at times ecstatic, at times crying. She puts her hands over his face, which oh, yeah. I take back. Like originally I thought that was maybe a callback to NATO where she was trying yeah. to like, feel no. his face because she was blind. No, oh. she's blocking his face. Because it's not the same Cooper. Right, and then the letter That's how from... I view it. So the letter from from Linda to Richard says, when you read this, I'll be gone. Please don't try to find me. I don't recognize you anymore. Whatever we had once is gone, Linda. So, you know, is she crying because she's Linda there and she's saying whatever we had once is gone? Yeah. I don't recognize you anymore. Is she crying because she's remembering the rape of Evil Coop? Is she crying because she knows she has to leave Coop and go for whatever reason and desert him so it's like a very pick your heavy with yeah choose your own adventure scene (laughs) but as we Uh mentioned so then once it's morning and Coop gets this note when he goes out it's a different hotel hotel motel because the numbers are different then his car is different than the car that he drove in Right. On. So, like, we don't know if now is it a different time or is it a different right. place. And he's still an FBI agent. He still has the pin. When he reads the note, he says Richard. Like, so right. he, he hasn't more changed. Coop, he's a little more coopy there. Yeah. It but seems not, like he either he gets so devastated by losing Diane that he becomes sort of a dick or... He already was changing because his behavior in the diner is just not the coop that we're used to. I mean, I know he's getting shit done and being... Right. But that's where I'm like, okay, I don't think he's evil. I agree with Nate. It's like, great coop. It's not... It's the kind of middle coop. But that's when we get to Odessa. Yeah, I think he's clearly lost some memories. Right. Obviously. Or is he... Well, and my thing, too, with... with doesn't know exactly where he is. Or, like, I think, too, maybe it's sort of like he's two people is sort of how I thought. Maybe he knows things, but he doesn't know why he knows them because Richard knows them. Yeah. And so, like, I almost feel like there's some kind of melding there of the two. Yeah. So, because you get flashes of Coop, and then you get flashes of this isn't who... Coop right. is or how he would act. That's exactly it. And I, I oh, and we didn't mention, um, we skipped the Dougie return, which is just oh, yeah. a sweet scene where um, they make Dougie whole and he pops up in the Black Lodge. And it's, we were all commenting as we were wa- watching that, yeah. like, yet again, Kyle McLaughlin being amazing because Dougie is wearing the same thing as regular yeah. Coop. There's his facial nothing. expression is different. But, like, the first second yeah. he says something, you know it's Dougie and not right. Dale. Like, oh. it's just, like, oh. totally... Kamagoffin can just play three characters yeah. in his I face mean, that was, without that, anything else. Yeah, that's the last story that we get a nice... Right, because like, Dougie rare. does, as promised. Nice. And he knew when Dale said... You know, I'll come walking through that red door and it'll be like nothing changed. You knew we were going to That he was going to deliver on that for sure. Mm -hmm. And so we saw that moment. It was really sweet. But then the question is, is it like nothing changed? Like none of that stuff with the Mitchum brothers or anything happened? No, I think that did happen. I think it was linear. I think Dougie showed up and he still has all those relationships established. Okay. Yeah. So then my theory that the return never happened 
isn't quite right. I was thinking but we that. we don't know that because no. now we're past that point, too. We're, so we're like, going into different universes. Right. So, so it's a different, yeah, so like, all be platform right. in I, general. The thing about Dougie, I think, that is, and I really didn't enjoy the Dougie story that much, but I thought that it was interesting that you had all these, like, various characters that were not great people in a lot of yeah. ways, but they sort of became better people through, like, interacting with... Someone who really didn't influence them a lot. It was right. just sort of like the way they saw themselves through. Right, they got he was, um, yeah. he was like uh, so he was like a mirror because he mirrored. Everything. And they all sort of exactly. became better people yeah. because yeah, of him. Totally. Well, but I that's what Coop did. Exactly. That was like the big Cooper just made everyone love him, and like when he came into Twin Peaks, everyone just everyone like gravitated their, towards him. I mean, people their best self. Yeah, you know, like agreed. I think that's where, you know, when we talk about characters who, if Laura Palmer hadn't died, wouldn't have a good, wouldn't have as good a life. Like, Dale definitely made Audrey a better person. Like, he spurred her into being into the FBI and into taking control. And he also, in turn, then got her addicted to heroin and almost had her do her death. True. And then she's in a coma now, so, you know... Would you rather? Maybe, maybe, she, maybe she had just woken up from the coma. I think she did wake up from the she coma. She did wake up from the I coma, but now she's... And she's in the same space he is. It, you could have another series that's just like the return of Audrey. Like, Cooper... Yeah. I thought the return was going to be about, like, the return of Cooper into these people's lives. And it was, but I think... Right. But it was, like, four episodes too much of Dougie still being Dougie. Like, they could have gotten, I feel like the fans, like me who value the relationships more than necessarily the mythology of everything and portals and number theory and all of that. Although that's fun. It's fun, but it's also, it's very, sometimes you just want good, clean fun. And yeah. that's sometimes you so just like, want if you had like two more episodes where you found out what happened to. If you brought Dougie in to be Coop two episodes ago, where then we could find out what happened to Shelly, what happened with Red, right. what happened with the sparkle coming down from Canada, yeah. like the B plus that couple, couple did Stephen really kill himself? Like, well, and we had the funny thing is in yeah, original Twin yeah. Peaks, they had too much time to resolve B plots right. because yeah. they resolved exactly. the A plot, and too that could soon. just be like. David Lynch being like, that sucks. So right, now, so let's not do that. Let's literally end right at this kind of cliffhanger. And the interesting trip. thing with this reality of Twin Peaks, any reality you want to have happen with any of the characters could have happened. Right. Yeah. Like, we could make an argument for anything. Sure. So that's no, kind of a fun... But, but also... I like more factual information. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the scene at the Judy's coffee shop kind of does bother me because it's it's Cooper being... It's so gray. <laughs> it's so gray, yeah. It's so gray Cooper. <laughs> and now, I don't know if this was just a, like, unintentional, but I feel like the exterior that they used there is the exterior of the same place they used for Bang Bang Bar that we went and had breakfast that one day in Snoqualmie that same little place that's right around that corner. It could be. Um, 
which is like um, they're always trying to make allusions to Twin Peaks. We're a lot of diners. In, in right. right, and the waitress Christy has like a peach uniform, but she's got red shoes. Yeah, yes. she looks and like Becky is. Burnett. I think that like they could have brought in a well-known face for that waitress role, but I think that by having all these unknowns in that yeah. part, it sort of keeps that isolationist feel right. that you have. You don't know where he is or how, yeah. you know right. what's going on. Um, or what motivates him? I mean, and I, it, as someone who, I mean, I could not love Cheryl Lee more. I think she's just an amazing actress, and she does a fantastic job in this episode, for sure. I couldn't love Kyle MacLachlan more. I love Kyle The two of them together I couldn't love more, and yet I still didn't want that screen time only devoted to them. Right. It seems like we and have an obligation where to... nothing moved forward but that's the transcendental meditation where I guess, it's like I guess like you said to. like you said if they did bring back who a little bit earlier right then this episode maybe wouldn't have been that bad because because it would just be like Daniel Maud yeah like a, yeah oh interesting you're like oh but on top he, of that I don't know yeah he, just, he didn't want he didn't, didn't want, want to do that he was done with the those storylines I guess or and, if you tied Laura more into episodes 2 through 16 because yeah. to me the problem here is that or 3 through 16 because, because 1 and 2 and 17 and 18 are you could literally just put those together and sell it as like a standalone movie like and that would right. be fine you wouldn't need anything from 3 to 16 so it's right. like we we were constantly saying throughout the podcast like where's Laura it's not really about Laura anymore right like she comes in with the bomb sequence at 8 where right. we get a big like yes. mythology episode where it's like she's this bubble that gets sent out so she's something she's something there but right. that's yeah it we uh, haven't seen right. it. Bobby yeah. cries, but well, that was episode yeah. two. I, <laughs> I agree with your theory on this about uh, what the fireman. Which one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what you were gonna say? Or yeah, yeah, yeah to like save because if the fireman's the log um, lady's husband too, which has been like an idea. Oh okay. Then okay. they're like a force for good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I knew Laura would come back in the end, though, because when we rewatched one and two, the fire... Wait, who is it? Uh, oh, no, no, it was Leland who said, find Laura. So, right, which but, he makes an appearance to say that again. Yeah, right. was, which is part of the loop. I, I mean, a bit cheated, too, that we didn't see Sarah, because you could make a case that Sarah's story is kind of more of a major story throughout the return than Laura's. We see her smashing the window in 17. We see her in 17. And right. then we hear her We hear her in 18. End, which yeah. is... Which is cool. I do I like the very end is cool. The end is chilling. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's just, I'm still disappointed. I'm just <laughs> still disappointed. I do think we see yeah. shades of Dougie, too, when, um, when, when... Well, yeah, he's a little out of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, did we talk pre- about Alice Tremond yet? No. No, we're okay, still... So that's the... Yeah. We're still at Judy's. So well, we're at Judy's now. Oh, yeah, so with Grey Doug. Yeah, so... Um, or not Grey Doug. Jeez, Grey... Grey Coop. Grey Coop, yes. Um, Grey Richard Coop. There's so many Coops. Richard Coop. There's yeah, Coops. Richard. Richard yeah, RC yeah. Cola. Um, <laughs> so he gets, you know, he goes to get, get Shirley. And I do like that that is who you expect 
to come to the door when he's looking for the other waitress. I think you expect oh, yeah, so to see one, Laura. One thing I noticed, though, when he asks her if she's Laura Palmer, she doesn't know Laura Palmer. But then he says, your father was Leland and your mother is Sarah. And she's like... Freaking out a little. What's going Sarah on? Yeah. So Sarah. I, yeah, so Sarah. As, she <laughs> says that like Laura. Sarah. Yeah, she says Sarah like, and like she Laura says, with Sarah. Rather than saying like, like the way she says that, like, um, are you Laura Palmer? Like, instead of going, no, she goes, I'm not her. Like, that's kind of a weird, oh, like, it's like that, yeah. like, I don't know who I am thing coming back in. Right. I thought Which that was cool. Theme. And well, then he goes, it's very important. Right. Come with me. And Which is very another... important has been. Right. Really. It's very important that NATO comes up here and it's very important that you like, yeah. Right. That's been a big it's one. It's very important. Because it's, that's the whole like pay attention thing. Listen, look, that right. keeps going This up. is very important right yeah. now. And it's, so I do love when David Lynch does this where you're dropped into the middle of a story and you don't get that story. And so we, we were dropped into in the middle of a story of Carrie Page, which is who Laura says she is. And she's like, normally I'd slam the door in your face, but, you know, I'm in a bit of a situation here, so I'm going to go with you. And then as she's, like, getting her coat and her bag and asking about the weather and what D.C. And And she does it because he goes, she goes, where are we going? And he says, Twin Peaks, Washington. And she goes, D.C. And he goes, no, state. And then she doesn't have any fucking idea where that is, which I do like maps. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I'm a map person, and Fair. what I do with work has a lot to do with maps and geography. But mm-hmm. I still know where the she's fuck Washington, where Washington State is. Because right. then she's like, is, does it get cold up there? So I just put a note, what is happening with the education system in Odessa, uh, no. Texas? And then, you know, she's like just Another fretting over these details. Yeah. It turns out yeah. this whole time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she has a dead body in a couch, like, just, that's been shot in the head, clearly by her. I think she, yeah. she's not all there. Well, too. yeah, is she also sort of like how Grey Coop is, where yeah. maybe right. she's melded with whoever that alternate reality I version of her is? Yeah, yeah. Because she has the white horse on the mantle, and there's a white horse in front of the diner. Right. They, that keeps coming back. Or is it... I mean, so Pat and I just watched this weekend The Keepers, and unfortunately, through the <laughs> subject matter, learned a lot about, like, repressing memories, and, like, people can repress memories oh, for, like, associated. 20 the, years. It's one of those psychi- psychiatry things that I find so fucking fascinating. I know. It's really like, interesting. I mean, it's very scary. Really interesting and to me. So, and this series has had a big PTSD presence... And so, could it be that this Laura, that is Laura, and she's just literally, like, repressed that whole thing and, like, just made it in her mind, just dissociated, where she's just like, no, this is my reality now, and as he's... Very well could. Like, the way this woman in The Keepers, and it's a documentary, so it's true, like, real interviews, oh my god, be ready to rock in the fetal position for, like, three days. (laughs) That's what I was like, I was reading it, and I was like, not Uh, in the mood, not in the mood. It's amazing. I'm gonna watch something British and light. It's incredible, but, yeah. And one of the women's, like, it's like you're looking into a crack, and you know you have the option of, like going further into it or like backing away and it's like 
Laura is kind of there with like references to Leland and Sarah, could she just be like an abuse victim who's just totally shut this down? I mean, that's another possibility. Right. And especially given how we've PTSD has been a theme in the return in general, it could be a thing. She's in the Black Lodge Witness Protection Agency program. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's good. She's her own Dougie. Just, yeah. Well, maybe dirtier? So, okay, yeah. So, Alice Freeman, when they do finally get to Twin Peaks and... They're driving and driving and driving. Yeah, and it is interesting because they have to double R at night, so there's no one there. I did the math. Yeah. So, from Odessa, <laughs> Texas to Spokane, Washington is 17... 17- 1,715 miles, which at the traffic around uh, 5 o'clock on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon takes about 23 hours. <laughs> 23 hours? There was a little bit of an accident somewhere in like one of the square seats. Well, it kind of made me, yeah, I don't know, that was a weird scene. Right. Why? 23 hours. And she thinks someone's following her. Well, because she's a dead guy. Because That's when she right. answers yeah. the door, yeah. she's like, did you find him? Right. Did you find him? And then she's like, FBI. She's yeah. like, well, I got to get out of Dodge anyway. So yeah. <laughs> coming with you is better than my other yeah. options. You know, it's so... Which means, what are her other options? Can we even speculate on who Yeah, we don't know who she's talking about. She's talking about, yeah. But when they do finally get to the Palmers... I do. I had wanted to see Sarah reacting yeah. to this person for right. good or ill. I really wanted to see that, mm. and they go another way, and they have, you know, that the Palmers didn't live there, and Alice Tremond lives there, and of yeah. course we know Tremond as the um, old lady from Meals on Wheels, whose son is magician, creepy corn, creepy creamed corn <laughs> boy, Aka David Lynch's son, the magician. Yeah. Um, so all of the mask people that we've seen, right, kind of flashing in and out throughout the return. Yeah. And uh, I think we've heard the name Chalfont before too. Yes, at the, I uh, do, but I don't know where. We've I, heard I think it. I think it was at the Dead Dog, uh, or what do you call it? The um, the trailer Fat farm. Trout farm. Fat Trout Farm trailer park. Right. Fire walk with me. Yeah. I think maybe maybe. Yeah, Ooh, I had a lynchy moment where I thought I heard some weird noise. Um, it happens all the time. Now. I know. Literally now I can't happens. stand the sound of electricity crackling. Like, it makes me sick to my stomach. Like, I think someone's about to be murdered. And fan noises, which we're hearing right now. So, <laughs> Or how about um, record players skipping? Oh, God, forget about it. No, 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 no. Um, but anyway, so Alice Treman we know, and that's an interesting choice to have that character. I always say, like, the Tremons, if not, if the Tremons aren't Doug Puzz themselves, they're at least Doug Puzz adjacent. They're, like, somewhere right. close to that realm. No doubt, no so doubt. So Alice yeah. Treman is talking to her husband, who we don't see, and I have a theory it's either that she's married to the magician, Cream Corn yeah. Boy, or she's the daughter of the old Or Sarah? Well, no, she's saying, honey, it's not it's a man. It says man's voice. It does say, that was the one thing voice. I could see that, because I thought, I didn't know if it was a man or a woman. Yeah, it does on say the other man's side. voice. And I yeah. did just assume it was a woman thinking, you know, that that was Sarah's mom or mm-hmm. whomever, Judy, whatever that means. Right. You know? <laughs> but Jowdy. <laughs> because then as they're walking out, like, Ku Plague 
hyperventilates or he has right. like a moment and he's like, what year is this? And yeah. that will affect who Alice Tremont is. is. Right. It could be either of those, but it depends on what, where it is in the storyline. Yeah. And then that depends on like where... He kind of reaches Sarah or Laura is too because he kind of reaches to as if he's like trying to get through. He he turns around. They both like walk in unison together without moving their arms towards the car, and then he turns around and looks. And what I think is really neat is that you see Cooper is like, what the fuck now? Like, I have no idea. I did what I thought. Like, I brought her to the house, and now what? You know, and he turns around and look, looks at the house, and that's when he has that freakout movement and, like, kind of moves his hand in, a, like, a Dougie way and is, like, gesturing towards the house, and that's when he says, what year is it? And then you hear, which, really cool, and you needed the subtitles to even know for sure, but they have syrup. And as soon as he says, what year is it, cracks are showing with, like, Carrie, quote-unquote. Right. Like, she's, like starting to freak out right and then it like you hear very distantly but it's confirmed in the subtitles if you have the subtitles on that it's sarah palmer yelling laura laura but not in the screaming for laura way i think in the exact way she does in the pilot which we just in the morning yeah come down for breakfast right like that voice Uh uh-huh like not like a scared that's what i thought it was too and so then when when laura slash Carrie hears oh. that that's when she free, like There's remembers everything and then the and lights go screaming. out in the house yeah and then it has a, a flash yeah right and then it goes black and then yeah so go, she starts screaming it goes black and then it comes back in with her whispering to Cooper in the Black Lodge which so I love that shot we've seen it now three times we saw it in the original series where she whispers my father killed me we see his reaction. And actually, if you'll remember, in the original series, when she whispers it to him, it is Cooper of 25 years 25 later. years later. Later. Yes, yes. They age him up in a funny way where he looks older than he looks now. Right. As well, they like tend to do. They didn't understand that his skin would just like, remain. Like, um, so. Cooper Lovin's <laughs> amazing, and he literally looks just amazing. <laughs> All um, they needed to do was put a little gray yeah. streak in his <laughs> And actually, he doesn't have that. Like, yes. he's just like... But um, they're like, this, we're really gonna do it up. Yeah, I mean, he looks great. The second time that this whisper happens is in part one, and and contrary to popular belief, shuffling pages doesn't sound good on podcasts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. Pat was grabbing my notebook back and forth. Um, I'm looking at my old notes too. <laughs> totally good. So the second time we we see Laura whisper to Dale, it's part one of the return and he kind of laughs and then this time he looks super 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 sad at the as the rolling credits yeah so i love that like this moment keeps happening in perpetuity in infinity so that brings up nate tibetan theory which you have for us oh yeah no i just saw i i know oh man and i wish i had actually referenced it before the call whatever that that theory is but it, it does like relate to this a call. <laughs> yeah, it's work because you're in a conference call right now oh, it's really it's geez, a podcast before this before call, call i yeah. really <laughs> should have taken a little more notes and gotten that information no, down i get but. it i get it <laughs> Continue. but there is something um and, and you know 
Lynch likes all of that, right? right. So he, he does. Mm hmm. Yeah, and there's the theory behind sort of like a, a light and dark version of what would be the universe, and then that there would be multiple universes inside of that. And, and I guess it's just interesting. And I don't know if, you know, way back when they, you know, first started this religion, if, if they. You know, right. understood the concept that, or yeah. if we're, it just seems so before this. its time, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. so strange to think about. Um, well, if you look right, at the right. symbols that they show us in the return, we know like that works with the White Lodge, Black Lodge, mm-hmm. and then the symbol of White Lodge, Black Lodge, which is like kind of bastardized in the return with the bigger diamond and the like, yeah. Little, pointy ears. Oh, that's right, yeah. But then they turn it into the infinity symbol and have that, like, little dot going round and round, which is, like, the infinite possibilities. And that's what I took away from this is, like, this infinite possibilities. But the sad thing that I feel, and this is where that Dark Tower reference really comes in, is, like, I feel like what Laura says to Cooper at the end is, you'll never save me. (laughs) <laughs> like mm-hmm. that he's yeah. gonna be doomed to just and repeat this groundhog day of keep searching for yeah her trying and... to save Laura yeah. and trying to make this town whole and make everything right and it's just never gonna happen hence her disappearing from him every time he would he like tries to save her, yeah. look at her right. which is like whenever he confronts the reality of her of his situation she disappears mm-hmm. like yeah. I just see. As much as I would love to think there's this reality where all of our favorite characters are happy and having a great, happy life, I think it's far more likely that Cooper is going to repeat this over and over and over again. I do agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the point of it. That would be cool, I think. And that's why you really couldn't have another season, because we know now that, like, there are infinite possibilities, so exploring any one of them wouldn't matter, because... Nothing matters since everything matters. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. right. And that's probably the TM. Oh, one one other bit. one other possibility I found that is that this could just be all part of a Talking Heads song. <laughs> oh yeah. Or uh, a Tell Talking Heads song then. called "Found a Job," I believe. Uh, he talks about Jim, no Judy and Bob. Bob and Judy. Bob oh. and Judy. Creating be like a Bob television. Be like Bob and Judy. They get tired of watching the same old stuff yep. on TV, so they create we their might own. Might be better off acting. <laughs> they create Maybe their own TV show. Well, what do song. you think? I mean, what do you think, Bob? <laughs> what do you think Bob wanted with Judy? I mean, because you do feel like in episode seventeen, right? He's looking for Judy, right? right. And then Judy wants Sarah. I think Sounds Bob <laughs> just keeps upgrading. He wants like to find mother and evil yeah. devils. Because if you think about it, like Leland as a vessel was an attorney who was a prominent figure in a small town. Dale Cooper is an FBI agent who's got a considerable higher focus. But I could see Bob being like, well, that's great, but like we can go higher than this. So I think he's just like, it's like a whatever that insect is that like gets just bigger and bigger shells and just sheds their shell and gets to a bigger one okay, yeah. like it's, he's like just that. trying to get up to right right probably yeah I'm not okay, big on knowledge 
I'm he not. Crustaceans <laughs> really freak the fuck out of me. Like, right? I do not like a crustacean. They're delicious, though. Yes, I'm I will not. eat them. <laughs> I will not pull them out of their shells. I don't know how to do that. It's one of the yeah. things. I mean, but, like, yeah, they just keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. He, wanted to, he wanted to go into Laura, too, originally. Well, because, yeah, because he saw the potential in Laura yeah. that she could end up being, you yeah. know, whatever. So I think... The fireman's... Yeah, I think, I think he was like, oh, okay, I've been with Dale for enough time, so... Well, he was almost trying to get back into the real Dale when he was when he was taken out of uh, Doppelganger. I thought at the very end they should right? have him just crawl into Trump and then just... <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Could now we know where Judy's at. Yeah, now we know where Judy's at. Yeah. That's the big reveal. I don't know. It's, I also do wish a little bit they had found ways to um, feature Leland a little bit more. Like, I love Leland. That's true. Right. If he had a little bit more... He's so great. Yeah. But he was dead and he's in the I know. I know. And I I, I mean I I think looking back I'll look at the return and it, it does feel so different from original Twin Peaks, but it is really good in its own right. Yeah. And I think if you watch it as a whole it'd be really great. Um, but you just can't really look at it. It's it's a continuation in a very different vein. Yeah. In the way that like Harry Potter went from being a children's series to being like pretty dark. Yeah. You know, yeah. like things kind of darken and mature in age over time, and Twin Peaks definitely did. Like, I think there was a purposeful de-quirkifying that oh, happened, yeah. and I'm okay with it personally. He but, probably um, took the criticisms of like season two after right. uh, Leland died. Between right. Leland dying and the last episode, he probably and took all those... the subtle racism that was happening. Yeah, <laughs> he probably yeah he probably definitely took that criticism. Well, he wasn't really during those episodes. He wasn't really on the right. show. Right, it was mostly Dwayne. Dwayne, yeah. yes. Dwayne well, and to your point, Melissa, <laughs> yeah. like about the caring more about relationships. I'm the same way, and one of the really good things about Twin Peaks, the original series, is because there probably were about ten too many episodes the only thing to really focus on were the characters. Right. Like, and sometimes they had zero plot. You didn't really care about anything. Right. But it was like, okay, well, it's all these characters we love. There was a lot of Nadine yeah. <laughs> and Mike. Yeah. yeah. Things started to root for Nadine and You're like, oh, I'm into it. Yeah, this couple's like my <laughs> First you're like, ship. this is just a little bit too much. And then you're like, you go, Nadine. Right. <laughs> you go. It's true. You be you and enjoy it. It's true. You'd come to love Nadine. So, okay, I guess, so we're kind of closing down the uh, podcast here, but, um, so Nadine brings up a good kind of closer question. Um, are there characters that, like, Melissa, you were kind of our totally new to this universe. It's true. And what I love about Melissa's journey that you listeners maybe haven't totally picked up on is she went from, like, someone who knew nothing about Twin Peaks, to now she's reading a book by Mark Frost. She's got Twin Peaks Things prints in her apartments. Like, sure. just, <clears throat> like, I have a become theme a now. legit fan. And it's also a reflection of this podcast yes. and how much I've enjoyed it over the time. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's, it's all, it's like being in the double right. R. But... What of your original impressions of Twin Peaks do you remember that now you're like, oh, I was wrong? Or like, oh, I can't believe I thought that? Or Because I've, before we decided to 
embark on this adventure. I did try and watch it by myself, like, because I'm one of those that's, like, people say, like, this is really good, and, like, there's a whole cult following, so I guess I'll try it, and I tried it, and I was like, this is a little slow. (laughs) It's a little weird. And that was when it was fast. Yeah. (laughs) And it's going off on tangents, so it was, like, the first episode didn't hook me at all. Yeah. And, like, I'm really big on, like, I really love pilots, and I love when a uh, pilot can really, like, This pilot get you. is one of the best. I, I think it's so good. I think it's but a great it was pilot, like, it was, but, yeah, I see it was a like, fine one, but, but like, you, I yeah. couldn't, like, it was so, because it was one of those where you're, like, I really need to sit and pay attention. I think by doing this podcast and by having to be as in-depth, it really helps you appreciate the show a lot more. Right. Than if you, because instead of just having it on as background noise. Like, it's not one of those that you can casually watch. Because I've said to friends who are very much, they don't have the attention span to really sit and, like, kind of absorb. Casual watchers. And it's changed how I view television now, too. Because, like, I enjoy now the shows that are a little more deeper or like I sit and I watch it and I go, that's a really interesting plot point. Yeah. So I'm just gonna, while I'm like, oh, I'll just put on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt while I'm working from home. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's something I can just have on in the background. I don't really need to pay attention to it. Right. But like, if I have to focus on anything, it's like, and that was a big thing where it was like I wasn't in the mood to focus. And I was like, well, I've never seen it. But now, I do enjoy it. I've I have such respect for Kyle McLaughlin now. Oh, my God. Because he was just, in my eyes, when I started this, Trey from Sex and the City, <laughs> where he plays a completely different vibe. Like, he's a very good actor. And, like, he's the mayor from Portlandia. But he's still, he was nothing... always Trey from Sex and the City to me. Right. I just think there's nothing he can't do. No. Like, he can do anything. He's a very... I'm surprised he's not a bigger actor I know. than what he is. He's Muad'Dib. I know. I always think he's Paul Atreides. Oh. I still like that's God, that's him dude. to me. <laughs> and that movie was such a flop, but I just it was it's great, so though. for me I loved it. so iconic. Yeah. And I know I loved it. That giant that hair wonderful. he had in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> his could, first David Lynch. He's like a little baby in that. Yeah. I mean, he's like. He always that was has a already, that was already face, like six years before. Oh my god, he's too, such a baby. So he was, yeah, very young. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nate? I know you kind of joined us like a little bit late in the journey, but anything for you change in your perception of Twin Peaks because of doing the podcast or you've always had the same feel about it? Well, I just think that it transitioned into something that was a lot more universal than Mm -hmm. it it was sort of like the the story changed, right? Because the the earlier seasons, while there was, like you said, um, it became a different story. I and I think that you know, return to Twin Peaks. Yeah, they did return to Twin Peaks, but it wasn't really about no. Twin Peaks anymore. No. Um, and it sort of made me think that <clears throat> you know, it did end Bob's story. Yes. But it kind of showed us that there's still a greater evil, and I feel like you were saying with Coop, uh, sort of in this endless cycle. Yeah. And yeah. it sort of makes me think that you know evil is prevalent in the world and and evil tends to win 
a lot. Yeah. Um, but there's always somebody who's going to be fighting. There's always somebody who's going to be trying man. to fight for good. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, right. So, um, yeah. So I guess they probably didn't kill two birds with one stone. Was that what they were? Right. It was um, Remember 430, Richard and Linda, Two Birds with One Stone. Two birds with was one the one. first thing the giant said in part one. He says two birds with one yeah. stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And then Gordon says that, or Coop says that to Gordon yeah. or something. Okay. What about you, Pat? What has changed for you with your experience with Twin Peaks since doing the podcast? Since doing the podcast? Yeah. Well, um, we're just in your journey in general. What's changed? I mean, I know you've well, had a longer, you've had I a longer I was journey. eager to watch it originally because you, you know, recommended it and I knew about it. Well, I only knew People about it. to get in my pants. So he was willing to watch whatever. Oh. Success. <laughs> That's true. Yes. But I, I knew like there were references in The Simpsons to Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, so right. That's right. Yes. That was big. I would like to see the Simpsons. Oh my god, again. yes, they do. There's like five and episodes. Homer goes, that, "This yeah. is cuckoo." <laughs> like he just like makes fun of it. Yeah. Because there's like the horse. They're in the red room. He's like, "What does this mean?" Or like someone goes. Uh, Brilliant, and then Homer goes, "This is crazy!" Yeah. <laughs> like it's like making fun of it. Totally. But one of the, I think the first <laughs> episode where they reference it is when uh, Chief Wiggum is dreaming about uh, who shot Mr. Burns. Right. Lisa, Burns who is shot suit. Mis- Burns is suit. Is and then, yeah, Lisa is talking. It's backwards. He's doing the backwards. Speak, so. Yeah, it's in the um, zeitgeist quite a bit more. I mean. People will say, like, damn fine coffee and not know that they're talking about Twin Peaks. I mean, like, it's in the zeitgeist quite a bit. Yeah, but then... But doing the podcast... It's, um... There's just a lot of details. And uh, the original series was easier because I'd already seen it a whole bunch of times. (laughs) So the the return was a little more difficult. uh, Yeah. But, I mean, it was... I knew it was going to be more like Mulholland Drive than right. the original Right, because we knew it series. was going to be all David yeah, Lynch. Yeah, so... Yeah. It was, it was... I expected the unexpected, and that's kind of what we got. So. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he would have gone this route, you know, if they had continued to give him freedom, if he would have... If it would have been more along right. this line, and would the show have been more successful in its second season. I think it probably it would was. have been. But I think I think it couldn't have gotten too much like this to be like right. in a way what was successful about original Twin Peaks is clearly not all David Lynch. I mean clearly like some of mm-hmm. the editing voices in his life are helpful voices. Editing voices like, are always good to yeah, have. Yeah, that are like that's brilliant but what if we toned it down 17 notches right. you know like and then you really get something great and so I think I think I actually like what I've kind of taken from the return in a weird way on one side I have a deeper level than ever of love and respect for David Lynch and like his work and I think he's the greatest sound designer in the world which is not what he's like known for, but I think he did a brilliant job with that. I mean, his musical choices, his the where he infuses electricity and the cricket noises and all that. I mean, it's beautiful. He does an amazing job there. I think he's really brilliant in weaving together details. 
but I also see how much other people helped him to edit and scale back and be a little bit more thoughtful at times that he probably could have used a little help from. And not and I love original Twin Peaks and The Return equally in different ways. I will say that. Like I will look back and be like, love The Return, love original Twin Peaks in totally different ways, as though they're almost two different series. Mm-hmm. Right. But I agree. like I do see the need for people, artists, you need your friends to say like, hey bud, maybe pull that back a bit. Like we all need that friend. This is great. But right. you know what will sell? Awesome idea. Uh, Let's you. just do like as the half of that. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, like you this just is... need that friend, that person. Um, I also think the return has a richness that the original Twin Peaks doesn't have because of this having actors who are more mature actors that weren't in Hollywood like as deeply in their careers. Like it's really right. been neat to see naturally aged people um, and people who are a family like they've all worked together and they know each other and they're all invested in this in a different level yeah. it added a level that I think was you just won't have that anywhere else like right. when you see Cheryl Lee and Kyle McLaughlin doing a scene together there's history there that you just won't have unless it's you know David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson you won't have right. that kind of thing of, like, that history and that depth of it's, color and richness. And I love seeing older, normal-looking people. I think it's great. Yeah, it was great. Like, TV should great. look... We want TV to look more like us and more like the way people really look. And I loved loved that. So, totally happy with that. Um, final thoughts. I want to get favorite moment, original Twin Peaks, and the return from everyone. I know, I know, but we can edit, so it's fine, you know, but, um, or just, you know, throw it out. Just, you know. Just in either In either, yeah, favorite moments, either series, favorite moments. Um, I liked in the return. Moments that stick out. Yeah, in the return, the first episode when Jude comes into the box and then breaks the box and then eats the 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 couple's face. You like that weirdly dark scene. Well, it was just, it stands out. the dark side. I don't know if you knew this. (laughs) I don't think I did. I mean, it was just so... It was intense. Weird and different. Yep, that was a good one. Mysterious. It told you what. We're not messing around I guess here. I, my, <laughs> my, and then my least favorite of the return was Freddie like boxing Bob to death. Yeah, it's a little Mario Brothers. I like I like Freddie. Me too. And but yeah, he, the the whole glove thing was funny, and then, but I just I don't know if I love that that's how they killed Bob the entity. Yeah, I don't know. I think one of my favorite scenes is, uh, oh, now I'm drawing a blank, Uh, Andy and... Lucy. Lucy. I kept wanting to say Suzanne for some reason. (laughs) Um, I think one of my favorite scenes is the scene which is all that tension leading up to Dark Coop in the sheriff's office and Lucy jumping out and and shooting him and not knowing... That was yeah, very it was serious, very right? unexpected and yeah. satisfying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great moment. 
I think that this series, you know, two things I really loved. I loved the Bang Bang Bar. I thought, and it's funny because I remember criticism initially about the Bang Bang Bar and how it was used, but I think it was always used brilliantly in a really cool way. The musical guests were amazing. The look of it was amazing. The dialogue in every Bang Bang Bar scene was great. But beyond that, what I loved was character entrances in this series were so strong. Like, I loved... Cooper, Evil Cooper's entrance with the um, American Woman uh, by Muddy Magnolia, I think is the band playing. I loved Richard Horn's entrance, you know, yeah. by the no smoking sign <laughs> yeah, smoking. I love Diane's first entrance where she just turns around at the bar. I thought they yeah. framed character entrances really well. Audrey's first entrance, you know, she's just yeah, got that red just... coat. I thought they really framed setups of characters really well on the Bang Bang Bar I thought was excellently used. I loved that whole thing. I wish we could have gotten one piece of closure in that area. You know, just like we have this whole theory as podcasters about certain Bang Bang Bar scenes were real and certain ones were not real. Go back. We, that's one thing we got to go back. And but I agree. You could figure it out. Any scene where the MC was present it in the Bang Bang Bar was probably it. not real because yeah. it was always he was introducing someone famous or fucking James, right? Or Audrey, right? Yeah. Or Audrey. So it was like it was either, and that doesn't seem right. Like real. you don't have like literally Eddie Vedder and Audrey Horn on the same night. You know, right. like and James was not. Performing right. Well, and then we see probably. with Audrey that it, it wasn't real for yeah. her. So that means that Eddie Vedder was he also not real? So like, exactly. right. well, I loved. Yeah. Thought that was so cool, and I love. I love a good musical. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love the way music is used in a scene. So I thought the return did that even better than original. They did a Twin great Peaks. job of. Well, yeah, the original does a great job of putting uh, Julie Cruz songs. Yes. In yeah. Right. Yeah, so that was probably my my peak peak moment. What about you, Melissa? I don't know. I can't think of one. <laughs> That's okay. I wish you would have prepared me. <laughs> sorry, I'm some. sorry. I thought of it off the cuff. I Such of things, the because <laughs> there's a lot of things. It's just the feeling I have with the characters, and like in the original, it's the coop, and like it's the coop and Harry. Mm-hmm. It's just love. Yeah, it's <laughs> that like freshness, and it's. Yeah. It's not necessarily the murder mysteryness of it all, but it's the characters that we see and how we de- they develop into friendships and where you trust them wholeheartedly. Yeah. The return was a little bit darker. It was a little bit more Well, they were older. cosmic too where it was like yeah. at a different plane than yeah, what we were used to. I do think that Lucy shooting Bad Coop is just a very nice so nice ending to everything but I you know I hate that James had so much FaceTime <laughs> great Shelly and Norma stuff it was but there wasn't enough of it I like, know I need just like would one have more loved episode. to see Gordon and Shelly interact I know that's just right. like a wish list thing but man that would have been so great it and I can't believe that he didn't Norma. do it because he loves her so much right. Ed and Norma okay yeah Norma come on that together. was absolutely a beautiful awesome moment it was those those were the moments that at the end you felt like weren't really what he wanted to do so much i mean he gave these characters sort of 
right. closure, which I guess no. not everybody has closure in real life, right? right. So Shelly and her broken home and the, right. and the awful dog. man that she's going to end right. up with, I guess, right? right? right. Or yeah. until she yeah. ends up with another awful man. Right. But like, yeah, and I agree. Like, not everything should have closure, but it's nice when you see a payoff, you know, mm-hmm. when you get... And even the Ed and Nadine scene I thought was really great and really right. optimistic to see someone yeah. being like, I'm letting you go for good reasons. And, you know, there was a lot of, like, good use of older actors. Like, you know, like, they just have a little bit more experience and they've softened and let things go. And right. everyone did such an awesome job. I mean... Ben did such a... Ben Horn, I thought all of his scenes were beautiful with Beverly, like, and the tone, and... Yeah. He just did an awesome job. Eamon Farron, you know, uh, newcomer to me, at least. Awesome, awesome star to look out for. Like, such a little shit, Paul. Such a little shit. (laughs) So good. He was Richard. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Such a vicious... So interesting, you know, though. What a cool casting choice, too, that he wasn't, like, a big dude. He was just, like, this little hipster. Punk, yeah. Yeah. So just so many great, great things. You know, it's almost like I think Twin Peaks has spoiled me for regular TV that's so fast-paced that now I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down. Right. Where's my TM scene of trees? And it's hard <laughs> to watch, like, normal television where you're not like, so does that mean anything? Right, because like, it doesn't. The address, <laughs> like, do you think that symbolizes Right, something? yeah, it's not number theory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So many numbers. But at least we can cancel that that out. <laughs> yeah, <now>. right. <laughs> I mean, the it's going to be hard. You can disprove that theory. theory of itself. The like numbers, but they did mean things. They did mean things, but we, we just, just don't, don't have the point. Right. Same with portals. Portals yeah. were our other big theory, and there definitely were lots of And the of numbers portals. of the portals mean something. Right. So, it all means something. Well, you just have to be some parallel universe hopping celestial yeah. being. True. <laughs> a Dugpa or <laughs> a good Dugpa. Dugpa's Tulpa's Dulp. Doppelgangers. Let's <laughs> call the whole thing off. Say that three times really fast. Giants, one arms, one arm mans. Oh, boy. Well, it's been a real pleasure. And um, listeners, we'll, we'll throw out some bonus features and stuff, but we'll also be doing a podcast, has yet to be named, on Star Trek The Next Generation. What? Coming up soon. I'm doing a podcast on the Boxcar Children for, with some oh. coworkers coming up soon. Weird. Um... It's real weird. But thank you so much to Melissa and Nate and Patrick, my husband. And Kelly for doing a bunch of the editing and getting a microphone and making (laughs) us feel legit and learning things. You know, we're always learning. And thank you, listeners. We have really, really enjoyed doing this, and we appreciate it. And if there is a season four, we'll be back at you. But meanwhile... 